Welcome back to another episode of the regular exclusive podcast with Jason Renee. And we're going to keep this short and sweet because if you've started listening to this, you're already like, oh my God, this podcast is three hours. So <laughs> three hours plus probably once we had this on. So yeah, it's a, it's a long one, but to be fair, there's plenty of timestamps in the description. There's little clips to show you breaks between them. So it's shorter segments overall, but yeah. maybe just split it up into a few listens. I don't know. So yeah, the point of this episode is uh, for the last six or so weeks, we have been re-watching all the Scream movies leading up to Scream 6 that's coming out this week, and we're going to go see. And we've been posting these up on the YouTube, so we just are doing a comp compilation album. So whichever one you want to listen to, just jump around, and you got the timestamps. And the next week, we're doing uh, Scream 6 for the, for the pod. Yeah, first movie in theaters. It's exciting, and I'm so fucking glad it's Scream. And I'm really interested to talk with you next week mainly because you've watched these movies countless times mm -hmm. and i've watched all of these essentially for the first time in the last six weeks so yeah. it's going to be real interesting to see how everything ties up and or, or doesn't tie up i guess we could see but um it's gonna be fun so yeah everyone enjoy if you like scream and uh yeah we'll see you next week Never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. Scream 6 is coming up fast. So we find that to be as good of an excuse as ever to go back and rewatch all the Scream movies. Because, Renee, I know that you live and breathe those movies. Literally just finished a rewatch <laughs> of all of them. Oh, yeah. Well, we were like, let's talk about Scream, you know, just the first one. So I watched it and then it was like, oh, we're going to record in a few days. And then that just kind of stretched out to a few more days. And I was like, I mean, not that I waited that long. Like by the next day, I had watched all of them already. I did like a whole binge. I can't not. They're so good. Of course you did. Well, you're the polar opposite of me because I don't remember anything outside of the first one so a lot of these are going to be like the first time watches for me that's exciting though i wish i could go back and watch these all for the first time it's just <laughs> such a magical time i mean i'll stand by it i think this is the most consistently good franchise for all of horror because mm -hmm. every movie every installment has been quality the third one is definitely not the not as good as all the others in my opinion but I think it's pretty rare. Like, I mean, how many of the Friday the 13th movies are even that good? Maybe one, maybe two. I, I don't even think I've seen more than three of those. Exactly. There's only a couple good Halloweens. There's only a couple good Nightmare on Elm Streets. They all just kind of get bullshit. But Scream, <laughs> because Ghostface can be fucking anyone. So it's just, it's a great formula. It, it's meta. It talks about whatever's going on in horror. And there's always new trends. I'm like, I'm excited for the sixth one because this year has been quite a banger for horror. Definitely has. Well, and if anyone else listening is a Scream fan, make sure to subscribe and follow along on this journey of ours as we approach Scream 6. But let's talk about the one that started it all. Mm-hmm. Scream, 1996. This movie was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Budget of 14 million, grossed over 170 million worldwide. Like, it's no surprise that they greenlit a sequel, like, for the following year. 
Yeah, it came out less than a year later. And what's interesting is that it was like back in the old days where like it opened and it was a pretty quiet opening. And then word of mouth of the people who did see it got around and they started telling people and then it just started raking in more money and it just kept growing. So it was a really cool like word of mouth like you got to go see this movie very similar to I feel like recently like Barbarian right everyone mm -hmm. was like go see Barbarian don't look up anything you got to be surprised. This was very much that movie and it really reinvigorated horror at that time when it had become just sequels and shit <laughs> for a while <laughs> you know. Well, and then the director was Wes Craven, who icon. He was the king at this point. He still know, is in our still hearts. Still is written by Kevin Williamson, who wrote several of the other screams, and also I know what you did last summer. Yep, Dawson's Creek. Also, he is great, and the most recent sick that just came out on Peacock, which we both thoroughly enjoyed. Yep, I mean. Kevin Williamson's brilliant, I think. I really love anything he does. It's very, very funny and also just really effective. This was an interesting rewatch for me because I know that you have, you know, years of nostalgia built into this. I don't really so much. This movie has really, really good things. And then some other things that I just don't really think have really aged very well. I think almost all of the really good things are with Kevin Williamson. Mm -hmm. Like. The opening scene is is one of the best of all time. Like it's maybe the best, I think, personally. I mean, the fact that they used Drew Barrymore for all the marketing mm -hmm. that she dies in the first five minutes. They pull a psycho, but within five minutes. And it's like they marketed her as being the star of the movie. It's genius. And she was like, I want to do this because no one will no one will know because then no one's safe for the rest of the movie. And that was just a genius decision. I will say, like. Personally, I think Wes Craven is also extremely responsible. Mm -hmm. I think it was a real partnership. Oh, and yeah. I love that they worked on the rest of the movies together. That's why Scream 3 is not as great, though, is because it's a different writer. But yeah, like that opening scene, th the phone call is so effective. Mm -hmm. I, I When I was watching that, though, I was like, this wouldn't happen nowadays because people just don't answer the phone. If That's literally what happens in like the next in the newest Scream 5 where Jenna Ortega is like not answering the it's like the home phone and she's like someone's calling the like landline and the other <laughs> chick's like you have a landline <laughs> it's like ew but it's like yeah no one would fucking answer that let alone like you just block everything so i think that what's cool about scream is that while that's the concept of the original they've really evolved it throughout the movies where it mm -hmm. does work and they, they bring it into more of a a modern setting because yeah nobody answers any fucking phone calls anymore you couldn't really call people it's, it's very difficult to get them on the phone it'd be like a it'd be like a over text message now yeah. which there is be, that too there is oh yeah there's also some of the stuff where it's like they're trying to break in and they're like arming the system on their phone and then it's like doors locked doors unlocked so the other person's like the killer is like unlocking it on their app <laughs> I'm like what the fuck this is cool so they really like amped it up and kept it modern which is really cool but i think just the effectiveness of back then, a phone call, a stranger. The voice is perfect because it's kind of sexy, but also really creepy. Mm -hmm. And I love that Roger Jackson has continued to voice all of them. Obviously, I know they probably have the technology now to do it without him. But I think that he is one of the biggest parts of like why the ghost face voice is so iconic. It's pretty, pretty iconic. Yeah, like there were several scenes that I thought were so good at just being effective and being scary like the opening scene is obviously great i thought the the bathroom 
scene after mm-hmm. everything happens and she goes into the bathroom and then she hears something and then just like slowly his feet come down. Yep. And like I, th- I thought that was really great. And then also at the end when she's in the car and he's trying to stab her and then the back uh, trunk opens up and it's like super really quiet. quiet. Yeah. And so good. I was just there's, like, oh, that was great. There's a lot of really effective moments. And then there's also a lot of like, that like high school kind of like it's not necessarily like a soap opera but very like you're like oh yeah i see why like this guy also did dawson's creek like Mm. and that's kind of one of the things is that like the the relationships and all of that and like the characters can sometimes feel a little soap opery but that's a kind of part of it and it's all like satirizing like the shit that it was like making fun of right yeah and that's what i love about these movies is like they really started the trend of being a fucking self-aware horror movie Nobody had really done that before. This is the first movie that you're like, oh, those characters have actually watched all those movies, like just like me. And they're going to make smarter decisions. Not necessarily every time, but it's like at least they're on the same page. As I was watching, Jamie Kennedy is your spirit animal. Like if you were in Scream, you would be Jamie Kennedy. I would be. This is my thing. He's every single movie. It's like some like that's one of the things that I love the most about it is that every movie, the rules are slightly different because this is a different kind of horror movie now. Mm-hmm. But starting with the first, here's the classic horror movie rules that everybody should fucking know. And I would be the person to lecture. Hopefully not the person screaming at the TV to turn around. And then there's really a killer behind me. Yeah. I don't think I'd be at a party in this scenario. I think I'd be out of town. I would left. <laughs> that was another really effective thing was the the tape delay yeah and how they used that mm-hmm. to like be watching but like they were behind and they knew it I yeah thought that was really good yeah i think i think what you'll come to like really appreciate about the screen movies as you go along is that they understand kind of the things that are funny now looking back at the older ones in the franchise mm-hmm. and they'll like make jokes about themselves and yeah. like the weird lighting and like the 90s terrible hair and shit from like the original because of the stab movies that become like the thing with the whole Scream franchise starting, I think, in the second one. The only thing that I didn't like was just some of the characters <laughs> mainly revolving around uh, the first one is Dewey. No, what? He's the heart of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I... At least in my opinion. <laughs> The whole time I'm watching, I'm like, there is no way this guy is allowed to have a gun. Like- oh, in a small town, 100%, though. That's the thing. Is like, small town, it's like volunteers. Whoever can fucking sign up, they want to be a police officer. Like, <laughs> it's a smaller fucking pool to choose from. You know, you can't be picky. And he is a junior, you know, guy. But yeah, it's like. I would trust Dwight Schrute as a volunteer <laughs> deputy. Well, obviously, because that guy's been training his entire life. But that's what's the great a thing about Dewey's character is, is that he learns and becomes stronger every movie. And he's the unlikely guy that survives all the time. You know, he really he's really a staple of the franchise. I love him and Courtney Cox. I think their chemistry really makes those characters work. I mean, I'm pretty sure that she's just taking advantage of him the entire movie. Oh, when her she, when, Yeah, when she kisses oh, him. When she kisses him and, like, says she has feelings, I'm like, ah, I don't believe that. You are evil. See, but that's the thing is that her character also evolves, Jason. I'm excited for this journey that you're on because <laughs> I, I understand where you're coming from. And if this was the only movie in the franchise, I would say valid. But <laughs> I, I will say they grow with each movie, and it's cool for them because they – 
liked each other on the first movie. They were sleeping together by the second movie. And then they were married and having the same trailer by the third movie. So Uh, it's just, and then they were divorced and separated by the fourth movie. So (laughs) (laughs) it really just all came full circle, but I love it. They've still continued to play the characters. It works. Then the other two was our villains, Billy and Stuart. I mean, Matt Lillard. Stuart, it's just Stu. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I'm looking at the IMDb. Yeah, but you should just know they never call him Stuart. It's Stu. Billy and Stu. I don't, I don't watch these on a quarterly basis like you do. Well, I'm just saying in the Scream community, we all know billions okay. do. Okay, not a part of that community. But love Matthew Lillard. He's hilarious in this movie. <laughs> he is cranked up to 11. <laughs> Improving all over the place, and he's my favorite. Like, <laughs> my one regret of this movie is that he did not make it. Like, the fact that he dies, I'm like, come on, man. Did you not see how great he was? <laughs> I don't care as much about Billy. He looks like a serial killer from the first opening shot. <laughs> Billy, I had the biggest problem with because yeah. I'm just like, this, this guy is just doing a Hannibal Lecter impression the entire movie. And so then the reveal <laughs> is just not that shocking. Like, yeah, the weird part was that he's just this totally creepy, intense guy the entire movie. And then when he reveals himself, he's that guy, but he has a little bit more charisma. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why didn't we flip this? Why didn't <laughs> why didn't you have charisma and be likable? the entire movie and mm-hmm. then turn out to be cold and empty and dark. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I, th- you know, I think by the time we get to the, like, before we get to the scream six, I think we should have a good talk about all the different reveals and like how it worked for each other. Like based on like how the twist is, cause there's always a twist. Yeah. They try to pull a twist. I will say I did not. The first time I saw it, I did not expect it because I was just like, I don't think it was the thing back then. There was always a separate killer chasing the kids. It was never yeah. one of the kids being the killer. So I loved that. Yeah. But now it's been done to fucking death. So like, and then you watch it, you're like, this is like a greasy Johnny Depp playing <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. I know he's the killer from frame one. That's another reason why we love Randy. Cause he's like, are you kidding me? That guy's got killer written all over <laughs> yeah. him. And you're like, yeah, for real. Randy's the smartest one here, man. But that's why I think the movies are great. They work so well because it is murder mystery for each one. Mm. If you think about it, just with the teen slasher, which is cool to combine the two. Yeah. So I'm excited to watch the second one. I mean, th- this was this was a fun rewatch. It's, it is very much like a time capsule movie. Yeah. You know? I mean, anything with some sort of technology is going to be like the fact that they know it's the boyfriend at first because he's like crawling in a window and his cell phone drops out of his pocket. They're like nobody has a cell phone. It's got to be that guy. And you're like, okay, yeah, this is a whole nother world. (laughs) Like young kids watching those, I'm sure it's not at all the same vibes, you know, versus like, you know, for me, I feel like with these movies, I remember them at the time, but I still appreciate them now. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what you think of the rest of them, having no nostalgia like I do. I think you'll really enjoy the newer ones, personally. I'm excited to just kind of go on this journey with fresh eyes. I don't even know anything going forward. Uh, before we wrap though, I just wanted to give shout out to uh, Henry Winkler. Totally forgot that yeah. he was in this. I have to say the sound editing for his death scene with the scissors, like every time they use him, 
it sounds like a sword is being drawn. Like <laughs> they're the sharpest scissors in the history of film, I think. <laughs> and it's like back to back. It's like shing, 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 shing. And he's like, screaming what? rivals like Quint getting eaten by the shark in Jaws, where it's just like, wow, <laughs> he's so fucking intense. Like, I mean, I get, I he's fucking being stabbed to death. I would too. And then you get the weird shot of like close up of his eye. It's just like it's great. <laughs> it's good oh uh, well this is good gonna stuff. be fun this is gonna be yeah. a fun little journey well join us next week as we talk about scream 2 oh boy now, i'm gonna tell you what it is okay it's a dumbass white movie about some dumbass white girls getting their white asses cut the fuck up okay I don't know if this is a hot take because i don't know this the scream community scream 2 is a better movie than scream you think huh I enjoyed it so much more. Like the first one was very enjoyable, it was fun. But like, you know, as we talked about in our last video, there was just pieces of it that I just really didn't like. There's stuff that kind of aged a little bit. This one, I enjoyed it front to back. Mm -hmm. I'm actually shocked that this movie is only a year older because mm -hmm. people look somewhat like modern and normal. I don't know if that's the right wording, but like, it makes everyone from the first movie look like three years younger. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if it's just the haircuts at the time yeah. or what, but just like everyone look feels so much older and mature in the second one. Yeah, it's crazy that it was only a year difference. But, you know, I think also they had filmed the first one a bit before that, too. And I just feel like that first one is just so 90s with the aesthetic and the hair, especially it's like that old like monica and rachel haircut that like mm -hmm. felt like it was like a 40 year old mom's haircut that like a 20 year old was wearing you know what i mean yeah just kind of weird but so 90s i feel like this one they really got to a better place i feel like everyone looks their best here until we get to scream four scream mm. three people some people calling you out gail have some very really questionable uh fashion and hair choices but i'd say scream two Big improvement on looks for everybody. Are you saying that David Arquette gets a glow up? Because in this movie, he's just like dressed like my dad. Yeah, this one. And he's got more of that limp that's like really. It, and the limp is different in every movie, I will say. But also, I mean, he gets stabbed in every fucking movie. So I guess they're just hitting nerves again. This poor guy can't catch a break. I'm just assuming he's going to be in a wheelchair by the end <laughs> of the franchise. I feel like he has a line in Scream 5 that's like, I've been stabbed nine times. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I don't want to deal with this. Please leave me alone. <laughs> like I'm assuming by the by Scream Six, when we see it this year, he's gonna be like Stephen Hawking's. Like he's just gonna be like a totally immobile and like he has to he has to blink to the computer and then you get the robot voice because there's only so many nerves that you could get stabbed through. I mean, I say the same thing with literally like fucking especially I would say with Sydney, because she's the real target getting stabbed, but I think Dewey just ends up getting more fucked up than her each movie, but she still gets stabbed. She's got to just have like fucked up scars too, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's to live through all these movies, man, it's not going to be pretty. I feel like each movie they think they're going to kill Dewey off. And then they're like at the end scene, they're like, let's wheel him out on the stretcher again. Come on, that guy. He's got like eight, eight more lives now. <laughs> so he's like Kenny from South Park. 
yeah he dies every episode but then he's back (laughs) (laughs) it is literally like that and i just i love that like a lot of times it's like he just gets himself into trouble like on his own before even like he gets attacked like he's running down the stairs in the auditorium to help gail and he just trips over his own foot and like falls <laughs> and like fucking just like hits every stair on the way down. I was like, dude, what the fuck? Get your shit together, Dewey. I guess it's not a death. It looked like a death. His sit- death it? scene looked hardcore. That was that was that was rough. That was good. It gets worse for him every movie and you're like, how the fuck is this guy still alive, dude? He's I mean, god, who knows? He must be wearing like eight bulletproof vests or something, but <laughs> Did you like his character a bit more in this movie? No. No, still? No. You're not on the David Arquette train? No, I, I'm still just totally confused by him. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think he's sweet and he's so like, cute. I love how the movie open like opens his character's reintroduction. He's just lost. He's just out in the corner. Like, of course he is. With, he's with his limp. Fun. It's just like, yeah. what are we doing? And then I'm like, wait, is he in love with Sydney? But like, no. no. It's like a brother because his sister was best friends with her. But he doesn't ever mention the sister ever again in any of the movies. It's pretty weird. <laughs> well, the, sis- the sister that died, right? Yeah, Tatum yeah. from the first movie. The garage door. Yeah, the garage door, bitch. And then yeah. I just think him and Gail have great chemistry. You don't buy it? Still? It's it's better in this one. Yeah. It's just David Arquette. He's just kind of weird. He's just kind of like, doofy all the time. Nice streaks. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cute though. Like his little music is so in- innocent. I was I loved Randy in this movie and I have to say I think that's the death that really upset me the most. Yeah, pour some out for Randy. I I, I didn't think he was going to go. So it's funny. I was saying in the first movie, I thought Randy was your spirit animal. And in yep. this movie, I felt like sp- Randy was my spirit animal. Mm-hmm. And mainly because he does all of the rules and categorizing of movies. Like they argue, like, what's what's a better sequel than the original? That and, people start throwing, and he just starts knocking them off. And then someone's like, I got it. Empire Strikes Back. And then without a hiccup, he's just like, it was a planned trilogy. Doesn't count. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I know. I is, love it. That is exactly what I would say. <laughs> like, yeah, he's definitely. And then you would also get killed for talking mad shit about the killer. Probably. Billy Loomis. <laughs> fucking Billy Loomis. What a little mama's boy. And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> he, he needs to come back. Just Billy? use mo- just No, 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 no. Randy. Oh. Just well, use movie yeah. logic. Bring him back. He has like a video recording that is in Scream 3 and then he's like referenced later in movies. But like, yeah, I I wish that that he hadn't died. I wish Matthew Lillard hadn't died. I mean, if they hadn't died, they could have been brought back. Those are two of my favorite people. I was so disappointed with Randy, but like it did up the stakes. Like I get why they had to do it. You know, they got to kill off one of the main people every movie or else it's just like wow they've got fucking superpowers you know (laughs) yeah then it just becomes the fast and the furious franchise yeah i was curious though i wanted to ask you if you were in sydney prescott's shoes and like you had that first thing in fucking high school right the whole first movie massacre then you go to college you start thinking i'm safe everything's okay it happens again where the fuck are you going next like what's your next move i'm gonna be hiding under a rock like in a fucking another country where nobody knows my name. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would probably be dumb just as a guy and be like, this isn't connected. Yeah. And then okay, I would well. and then, then I would get killed. This is why they're called final girls and not final men. 
There's a, there's very few final boys. Look what happened to Randy. He exactly. knew all the rules and still died. I know. I know. He didn't he he couldn't get the girl, but I think that's really what killed him cuz I know he didn't mention it, but I do think if you're pining for the main girl, but you're just the side character who's never mm. going to be the romantic co-lead, you're going to die. It's the only way to get rid of your character, or else it's just too sad to watch him sit there and suffer all this time, you know? I think that, I mean, nobody could really make it through all of these. It's enough, but I think one thing I love about Sidney Prescott is that by the third movie, when the killers are giving her their spiel, she's like, okay, let's just do this. Like, I've heard this shit before. Like, fucking get on with it. Because it's like, yeah, how yeah. many fucking people are going to do this to you and go through the whole evil plan one like every yeah. time at the end? Does nobody realize what's happening here? <laughs> I think it's safe to say that no one should feel comfortable or safe if Dewey or Dwight is looking out for us. <laughs> yeah, it's Dewey. He can call himself Dwight all he wants, but it's fucking Dewey. And that fits his character to a T. I totally. do believe he ends up making like sheriff like later on. So he, he and he doesn't even get that much better. <laughs> he's literally like not a good cop. But I think that's the charm of him. He tries. He's a good guy. That's all that matters. He just fails his way to success. I don't understand it. He just accidentally survives each movie. So, yeah, this movie, I can't believe that they put this movie out less than a year after the first one like the release date for the first one was december 20th 96 and then this one was released the following year december 12th yeah crazy like, usually when you're on that tight of a turnaround the quality drops off a lot but i thought this movie was just so good all the way through it was consistent there wasn't really a ton of stuff that like aged poorly the budget was was higher for this movie you know overall it performed essentially like the exact same as as the first movie in terms of box office i think the big thing is that kevin williamson had already had the idea for scream 2 ready to go and mm -hmm. like just needed to execute so like that's one of the reasons that like i think it turned out so much better is because he kind of already had it in his mind of like okay now we're going to college and like here's mm -hmm. the next Here's the big thing. And it did end up changing a few times, apparently, through the production of the movie. I know that, like, there were different killers at different points in time in the script and that they had to keep changing it. I don't know if it was, like, one of the first movies that had, like, their endings leak and they had to change things because fans got to see what happened. And so, like, I believe her friend Hallie in the movie was originally one of the killers. Oh, yeah, which is like very strange because I feel like she does not. There's no scenes that seem like a little bit like, hmm, like yeah. if they changed halfway through production, like maybe that was still supposed to like imply something. Yeah. So it was just like some funny stuff like that kind of switched it around. But I still love the twist. And I think that they I think we should start with the opening scene because I think starting off with like that after the Drew Barrymore one mm -hmm. is just like, how do you top that? And they fucking found a way, honestly. They did. I I was so surprised how much I liked the idea of the first one. The whole movie is about horror classics, you know, the big horror names. And then the second one, it starts with them at the movie theater with the movie Stab. It's like a commentary on the success of the original movie so now the original movie is now part of yep. the the mythos of of all of these 
horror classics. The addition of the stab movies is just perfect because it does it allows them to every movie in the franchise from now on refers to the older ones and like makes fun of them for like different mm-hmm. things that you're like that's just so cool because movies like especially in horror they weren't doing that so the fact that they're able to take it so meta and then even talking about like joking about black people not being in horror yeah. and then like literally they're in the first scene like mm-hmm. and it's two black people talking about it <laughs> yeah. i just like i loved it i thought it was great also I love Jada Pinkett Smith in this opener. She's just fantastic. That opening scene would be a lot different nowadays. Yes. Will Smith would be slapping some ghost face around. Yeah. No, he wouldn't be having that. (laughs) I I will say this scene always like I will as much as effective as it is. It's still so effective. No matter how many fucking million times I've seen this movie. But every time I'm still always reminded of the stuff from Scary Movie. And (laughs) like. I watch scary movie immediately after watching. Because I'm just like that that scene at the at the theater with Brenda. And it's just it's so good. And so then <laughs> yeah. the audience is like so annoyed because she's talking that they start stabbing her. It's just perfect. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's amazing. And I just I yeah, I think that opening scene really was just wow. How do they top it? I don't know. That was it. I think they did it perfectly. It, the whole the whole thing is like over the top, like people going crazy in the theater during I movies. Know. It's just like, what's going on? And then like I took down notes. I'm like, what's going on in this movie theater? People are running around in the lobby during the movie. They're getting popcorn after the movie starts. Like, who are these people? They're screaming and like running around and like throwing and then they're all wearing the fucking masks and shit. Like the killer. It's like that yeah. would never be handed out at a theater. There's no way that would be way too ske- sketch. There's been some uh, some pretty bad things that have happened in movie theaters since then. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't work so well nowadays. No. I mean, it just seems a lot. And also, I've been to a lot of horror movies, and I've never been to one like that. People are <laughs> screaming for sure, but not like standing in the movie yeah. theaters. It's not like we're at a rock show. I did think though that it was it was funny because like they it's a whole commentary on like fandom and people going crazy for these movies. It made me think of seeing marvel and game yes. in theaters and like people cheering and stuff there i was totally. like totally isn't that far off it's a little no. off but it's not that far we haven't done that for horror movies yet but like give me a brand new jason we can get behind and i might be screaming in the theater <laughs> like that i don't know you know but i love the the addition of the stab movies i i think they're just such a great little addition also i don't know if you know but robert rodriguez is the guy who directed the the stab movie within the movie <laughs> that stars heather graham as the drew barrymore yeah um and i really like i i just thought that that was really funny in the newest movie they referenced that ryan johnson wrote stab eight and the, the fans hated it and i just thought that was <laughs> fucking hilarious they're like the guy you know the knives out guy <laughs> and I'm just like, that's fucking hilarious taking in like Last Jedi stuff and bringing it in. But that's what's great about the stab movies. It allows them to even critique the fucking fans, which is just I mean, especially nowadays, we we need the criticism. Well, and speaking of the stab movie, um, I loved later um, in the movie when they're watching it on the TV and Luke Wilson <laughs> is playing Billy. <laughs> yeah, He's doing it so good. It's just like so it's like not even like he's doing it that exaggerated. Like that literally is just exactly like Ski Ulrich in the first movie. <laughs> yeah. 
It just is so funny. <laughs> the whole movie within the movie is really, really great. And the cool thing is that you see more of those throughout like the rest of the series. So like mm-hmm. Scream 4, they have like an event called the Stabathon and they watch all of the Stab movies. Yeah. And I'm just like, I love this. I want to watch the Stab movies. I would fucking watch the yeah. shit out of them. Let's, let's make them real. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, I love this idea of like someone making a real world sequel to a movie in real life like writing the script themselves basically because that's really the whole plot of scream 2 right is that someone's making a sequel but they're doing it in real life in the hopes that they'll get a movie out of it Mm -hmm. which of course as we know with all the stab movies that's how it keeps going they keep making movies out of that shit (laughs) you know yeah but yeah so i i really enjoyed this movie a lot more as a whole i will say the first one has more scary like moments there's a lot more of those and those are great in the first one the only scene from this one that i thought was like that level of scary was when she was uh in the play when she was performing and that was good was like i was like oh that's that's terrifying (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's a really good one the cast is also really great i think i really love jerry o'connell as the boyfriend Mm-hmm. He's just so cute. And <laughs> and the fact that like you're so you're used to Billy from the first one. So you're like, it's got to be him. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you had remembered any of the twists in this movie, but were were you surprised or who did you think? So I I honest to God, don't even know if I've ever saw this movie before. Um, I felt like it was going to be Timothy Oliphant. He did have the creepy vibe. It was the vibe. It was the look. Like, yeah. Bill, Billy looked like the villain. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, all right, based off that logic, this guy's the villain. Yeah. But that was kind of a disappointment. Like, the the twist is better in the first one. This one, I thought it was a little weird because it was like he was in the first third of the movie and then just gone for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And then he pops up at the end. And then I didn't expect Billy's mom to come back into play. But I thought that made sense as to why the, somebody would come back trying to kill Nev Campbell again. Exactly. I know. It's uh, it's pretty interesting how they, like, I think that that must be a change of the script that caused that. Because, yeah, Timothy Oliphant, like, of course he's the killer, but, like, he's also not really in the movie very much for a while. Mm-hmm. And so then you're kind of like, okay, but who is the killer? So I'm pretty sure at one point Jerry O'Connell, the boyfriend, was also the killer with her friend, which I thought would have been interesting. I did want to say that um, although the Timothy Oliphant reveal is not that impressive or crazy, um, he does have the best line in the whole movie. When the mom reveals herself and then he's just like, it's gonna rock. (laughs) Yeah, he just really gets like, that's like the best scene for his character. And then he just gets killed. We're like, come on, dude. I really, it's funny how like creepy they made him look with how attractive he is. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, like I knew he was going to be the killer. I thought Billy's mom was a good twist. And like it totally fit with like Friday the 13th, the original being Jason's mom. Like I love yeah. that whole twist. Um, And her her eyes in that last scene. It's hilarious. It gets me every time. They're still like, bugging out of her fucking head. She looks <laughs> yeah. like she has cartoon eyes. Don't you think? She looks like um the guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> really upsetting. But um, also, I I don't know how I feel about Cotton Weary. Like, I think he's good in this movie of like, you know, you kind of think it's him for a long time. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like he ends up being like, he's just not, he's a very nothing character that like just is kind of surprising that they had him stick around in such a prominent role. 
he is weird because he seems like he has no clue what's going on at any moment. He, he's he's just totally like oblivious. Yep. Or like I don't. It's not naive. Like it's just weird. Like at the end when all the stuff happens, he's just like, oh, well, that was that was crazy. Like he just shot someone. He's like, oh, it'll make a hell of a movie. It's like, oh, really? What about all the people that just fucking died horribly? That's really nice. If somebody had said that nowadays, they'd be like, what the fuck is with this guy? I mean, that's the thing is like, you're supposed. Is he supposed to be sympathetic? He doesn't come across that way. He comes across as like a psycho. Like everything in this movie points to him being a murderer. I'm sure he was one in the original script. Like it must have been. Because he's given creep vibes. When I watched the movie, I felt like Kevin Williamson wrote that character to be like a red herring. Like, yeah, we'll we'll think it's him, but like, you know, there's mm-hmm. it's going to come around. And then Wes Craven read it a different way and just went full bore with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like some there was some sort of misdirect that happened. He's like Billy, like he's just villainous the entire time. And then at the end, he's just aloof. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like, what the fuck? And then he's he's in the third one for a little bit. But it's just, yeah, it's a very nothing character. I think like twists overall, like the first one I think is really good. I think it'll be interesting to see where you are on this one compared to the other ones. Mm -hmm. But I would say definitely one of the, the most underwhelming ghost face reveals but for opening scene, I think this one's up there with the original, like oh, in yeah. the top three of all of them, I would say. In in my first time watching all of these rankings, yeah, we'll do opening scene. The first one is still number one. That yeah. opening scene is just awesome. Uh, and then the second one is a close two. Yeah, really I mean, close. It's the only place it can be as of right now. But, uh, but it, it's like it's probably going to be a tough fight yes. to move that one down. It's It's pretty high up there. As a whole movie, Scream 2 is at the top of the list. Scream 1, second. Scream 1, in my mind, is more of a, I want to watch this scene. I'm going to go to YouTube and watch this whole scene. Mm. Uh, There's just nothing like watching the first one (laughs) for me. But it is interesting how different each of the movies are from each other. But yeah, I'm curious to see how your rankings evolve as we continue these watches. Because mine change all the time based on which ones i'm watching because i'm just like they're they're all really good they're all quality it's hard to pick it's hard to rank them oh last thing i wanted to add um because we talked about how these movies are kind of time capsules yes of when they're made i think the time capsule moment in this movie has to be when they go to the college party and they're listening to dave matthews yeah like i'm like yeah oh my god (laughs) well plus like all the way that like the the sorority girls are dressed it's like they're dressed like they're moms from the 1950s or something like it just that's the one thing that i'm always like that just feels kind of old school and i did appreciate actually i I wanted to mention too i appreciated when jerry o'connell does the serenade in the in the lunchroom and he's mm-hmm. like, he does the top d- gun. Now I understand the reference. I never understood it. I just thought he was singing a song to her. And then I realized after watching Top Gun, I get that. Hey, the difference, though, is that this one is actually charming and cute. Whereas yes. Top Gun, it's creepy because that's a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is doing this to his girlfriend. And I think we can all agree that that is perfectly acceptable. <laughs> and I still like I think even as suspicious as they want you to be about him. After that song, you're just like, I'm in. He's not the killer. The killer wouldn't be able to sing like that. 
He wouldn't be that charming. Yeah, I I think this movie tried to play off who is the killer a little too much. Yeah. Maybe maybe intentionally because of the first one like now we're all just thinking about it and Kevin yeah. Williams like I'm going to I'm going to make you guys think everyone's the killer but I know. And that's the thing is you would think almost like for the ghost face reveals that it just get easier to predict from the second movie on because we've already seen the first one and like had that shock so it's like how are they going to keep shocking us each movie but I think they have like especially 4 and 5 I think 3 is pretty shocking. But I think four especially was the most shocking in my opinion. Hmm. And like, that's why I think that's my favorite of all the screams. So I'm all curious right. to see what, what you think when we get there. Well, we still got scream three to go to first. We're going to try and bring a special guest with us who especially loves scream three to join us in this conversation. Yeah, we'll need that. Cause like, <laughs> I mean, people online have been talking about how, you know what? Scream three is not that bad guys. And <laughs> I agree. It's not bad. Not at all. It's not my favorite, but I'd, I'd like to see the other perspective. I want to see somebody who loves it. And did you tell me that Scream 3 is the first one that Kevin Williamson did not write? Yes. But he comes back for Scream 4. Yeah. So he does He does a Dan Harmon in Community. He takes a season off and then comes yeah. back. I think he had a conflict, so he wasn't able to do it. And his idea that he had for Scream 3, they ended up doing something totally different. Well, remember to subscribe if you're not already so you can join us when we cover Scream 3 next week on our road to Scream 6. You're not going anywhere, Sydney. It's time you came to terms with me and with Mother. Maybe you never knew her at all, Sydney. Maybe you just can't get past the surface of things. Who the hell are you? The other half of you. Scream 3 came out in 2000. Uh, came out three years after the Scream 2. So you'd think they'd have a little bit more time to mm -hmm. make a better movie than this turned out to be. Uh, but it's still a fun movie. Mm -hmm. But before we get too into that, we have a returning guest. Our first. Yeah, Avery, who was our guest on the most recent podcast, talking about Skinnamarinkadinkadink. Welcome, welcome back. Hi, guys. We're bringing Avery back because she, as far awesome. as I understand, yeah, she's great. And uh, Scream <laughs> 3 is her favorite movie. Well, <laughs> it was. <laughs> you really got to put me on blast like that, Jace. It was until we started the recording. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to be back here, you guys. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you. So yeah. to start off Scream 3, I think I have to first say Courtney Cox's haircut in this movie is the worst haircut that has ever been worn by a human being in yeah. history it's a crime against humanity okay <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if that was a hot take or just no. common sense but... no that's not a hot take if that's a hot take then I, I i'm here with you i got the same hot take Avery? okay so at first i was like hold up this is a trendy haircut right now you guys what like super tight short bangs but the longer i looked so that was my first impression right i was like no this is super cute like i have some friends they're super granola maybe is the right word Th they just have a high tight bang it looks really punk 
I think is a better word for it. I see but, what you're talking about. But then the closer I looked as the movie played on, it looked like she hacked up her bangs with scissors before literally stepping on set. Like they're yes. so jacked up and crooked. Yes. And like nothing is nothing is intentional about it that I was like, okay, this is not <laughs> it just it's not it's not cute. It's bad. I just didn't even know if they were long enough to qualify to be bangs. Some no. of them shot straight forward. Yeah, like, they're that short. They were horizontal, and then it was no. like a poof, like a bird hairstyle almost. It's literally the worst haircut anyone's ever had, and that includes, like, Will from Stranger Things, because I think that guy <laughs> gets some of the worst haircuts in the history of humanity. Poor Will. He does. Every season it gets worse, and now I do, but I do think no one will ever dethrone Courtney Cox. I think this is the worst. And the worst part about it, I think, is that it was David Arquette's idea. He told her to do it because he thought it was going to be a cute look. That's, That's the, the problem. problem. Right at that, they should have known it wasn't going to work out after that because that was like right when they got married. Who so. was letting him call shots on her look? Like That what? is exactly why when I tell my wife that she looks cute, she needs a second opinion. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you can't trust us. No. To know exactly what you're dressing for. So, sorry, David Arquette. And also, unconditional love. Yeah, it was unconditional love. Like, yeah. But what yeah. occasion would those bangs ever be needed for? They, a they psych war? Yeah. That looks like exactly <laughs> like she's been locked. I will say, Courtney Cox's still beautiful, though. She still is hot. You know, as, as we've talked about, this is my first time watching all of yeah. these movies. Mm -hmm. The the dramatic swing that Courtney Cox's haircuts take in between, between movies between movies it's intense. It's <laughs> I feel like I'm missing something. Like there's major <laughs> life events that I'm missing in between these movies that justify these haircuts. Yeah, I kind of feel like she's having like the, these bangs are the result of like a mental breakdown, like <laughs> Hannah in Girls when she's like dealing with her OCD and cuts her hair all insane. Oh, it probably <laughs> like, is. She realizes like her whole life's work chasing the like original stab. She's mm -hmm. just like, I can't do this anymore. She's just giving up. I I will say the new ones, the next three, it looks like she has the same haircut in all three. So uh, there's some long, consistency. It's just normal Courtney Cox hair from now on, from four out. So, yeah. And then since we brought up David Arquette, he also is really swinging, not just in the hairstyle, but just overall everything. Like, yeah, he gets stabbed in the first one. He has a limp and a crow wing <laughs> arm in the second one. Yeah. And then in the third one, he has his hair slicked back. He has the Robert Downey Jr. stash. And then his limp and crow arm just really pop in and out throughout the movie there's yeah. not really any consistency i noticed it's yeah. only when he's like full form like when he's like sprinting he's like in in the heat then it's like it's all coming out mm -hmm. but otherwise when he's just like walking through town i'm like mm. yeah it's like totally fine i feel like maybe that's okay? just is that supposedly the weird symptoms he has after the stabbing i mean he did get really skewered in stab too so he did I mean, also plus one for Dewey that he doesn't get stabbed in this movie because uh, that was a pretty consistent theme in the first two. I was glad <laughs> to see him finally have a weapon because I felt yes. like all of Scream 2 is exhausting because he throws his body at every moment of fear <laughs> and has no weapon. He's not armed ever. Um, yeah. Avery, are you serious? What? Dewey is a full-on cop. Since but he the doesn't first even... Week, he has a gun. He, he doesn't carry it, like, ever. He just doesn't pull it out. Oh, my I God. I just watched these. He has a gun. He just doesn't in use it. In the second until one? The, until the third movie. Oh he's not even God. an actual cop in the second one. No, he's, he's like, retired. 
He's yeah. like yeah. out of force. No, he's unemployed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's still just has been a looking for Sydney for he's, years. He's lusting for Sydney the whole second movie. Yeah, he's been job. walking around looking for her. That's what I was thinking. I was like, is he in love with Sydney? Anyways, so the third movie, regardless of what we think of it, it did it did great. It had a I think it was maybe the most successful of the three, or just at the same. It has the highest budget for sure. So it was successful. This one, though, uh, Renee, you were telling me this is the first one without the original writer, Kevin Williamson. Mm-hmm. And that was very apparent to me yes. watching this movie. Yeah, Aaron Kruger wrote this one, which he was brought in because Kevin Williamson was busy with, I don't know if it was Dawson's Creek or some other thing, He some other, and he was directing a movie, apparently. I don't know any <laughs> about this. But the studio, because of Columbine, that happened like right as they were like going into production. So the studio was like, we want this to be more comedy, no blood, no gore, no mm. darkness. And so like Wes Craven had to like fight them to get some blood in there. But the original script that they did, they ended up throwing out all the outline that Kevin Williamson had because it was too fucked up or too dark or something. And it also involved high school kids. <laughs> so Wes Craven had to rewrite a lot of Aaron Kruger's script because the characters were so not how they'd been in the first two movies. So I think he did. And that's why he probably brought it back to the first movie so much was because like, I'm sure it was really like, it was just, it sounds like the, it's funny how meta it is because like they talk about stab three being like the script's changing every day. How am I supposed to learn my fucking lines? It's like, that's the shit that was happening on scream three. Like they were like writing scenes as they go and changing it all the time. So it's like funny that they're like now at that level of meta that they're already, they're making fun of the movie that they are literally making all like right then it's funny i love that i kind of feel like they filmed the jamie kennedy his video to talk about the trilogy and then when they did all the rewrites they're like you know what let's just use jamie kennedy's logic and let's just tie everything back but then there's no rules let's just let's just do that because i feel like this movie tried to replicate like classic stuff from the first scene like the bathroom scene from the first movie mm-hmm. running up the stairs yeah but like there wasn't anything new on top of it you know yeah. it, it was like microwaving coffee just yes like... yeah they didn't like push anything new new style of kill i did yeah. notice that there was i feel like this is the first time we saw a not ghost face like scare scene though with the haunting of the mom yes oh yeah and the first one to introduce ghosts yeah. Like, or like yeah. spiritual things that like visions, I guess, mm-hmm. that Sydney's having or dreams. And so that was kind of weird. Like, yeah, I like hallucinations oh, almost. Yeah. Like, it's like that was just a new element and something that they hadn't done before. And I don't really care about all that stuff. I don't mind the whole story wrapping back to the mom, but I just, I'm like, I just feel like there's this movie would be more bothersome to me, I think, if I didn't enjoy the cast so much because all the new people I really enjoyed. Like, I love Parker Posey in this movie. She's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Which one is she? She's the one who plays Gail in the movie, like the uh, actress. She's the casted Gail. Yeah. She was going full Tony Collette. She was given yeah. 120% the she's entire so movie. She's funny, though. I just, like, I, I loved her the whole time. My favorite moment of hers was when, right after, I think, the second killing happened, she's like, I'm next. And then she jumps up into <laughs> Joe Patrick Swanson's Warburton. arms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cute. There's like random funny, like there's just so much funny moments in this movie. I feel like it just helps you kind of get over it. There's a lot of funny moments. 
This movie is hilarious, and I just I can't figure out whether it's intentional or not. I think it, yeah, I think so. It feels intentional. I don't know. When Dewey sees Sydney at the police station, that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the, like, like, weird double take. He, he looks over <laughs> yeah. and sees her, then looks away, pauses, then looks back like it's the first time he saw her. Like, it's like, not a so double dramatic. Take. Wait. <laughs> Just go back and watch it on YouTube. I know that I don't like Dewey. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I'm going to ask you every episode if you've come around on Dewey yet and what your opinion is, because like, like Avery, I think we can both agree like Dewey's amazing. He is such an iconic part of like the campiness of these movies for me. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. he is the clown that is at every circus, like coming out and making everyone laugh after they just saw the like super sad story be told. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And I will never not love him and his undying love slash, I don't know, we can talk about if we think he's creepy or not, but like still just rooting for him, even on the third one. I'm like, he yeah. just loves it so much. The oh. limp makes him more sympathetic. <laughs> awesome. Except the way he proposed to Gail was probably the most offensive thing I've ever seen. I know. Life. I'd be kind of mad. Like you cut open my fucking book. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, she got paid for it either way. So, which that's what she cares about. This movie, <laughs> a positive in Dewey. It's the only one that I'm like, Dewey, I I actually like him more in this. I think it's really? mainly because he's actually used as a comedic character. Yeah, he's like mm. the, him and Gail are the main characters of the movie too. Like Sydney really They're takes in so the much of it. Yeah, it's their movie. I was thinking, I was like, is Nev Campbell like part time in this movie? Yeah, she's she's barely in it. She's she was at- filming Party of Five at the same time, so she was flying back and forth to the different sets every week from like L.A. to like I think wherever they filmed this northern california somewhere i don't know well imagine doing the third of a movie at that point like not mm-hmm. knowing the future of scream it's like how many how much screen time is the main character from the original horror getting in the third one it's always yeah. just like they're famous now like they're doing bigger things exactly like <laughs> is she moving on from like like yeah when is the story really gonna move away from sydney which is mm-hmm. always an interesting thing because this is the only like horror series i can think of where like the three leads are in every single movie until the newest one that's the first one that won't have Sydney in it because she did not, they didn't pay her enough to come back, which is like crazy. It helps when the story is the same thing every movie. It's not the same thing. It's always a different reason. I will give you that. I mean, they always want to kill no, Sydney. It's a, it's, it's a different murder. <laughs> like the first yeah. scream is essentially you know, the first, but then the second scream is a, a movie based off the first scream. Yeah. This one, they just skips stab two and just jump straight stab to three. stab three. <laughs> yeah. So I always thought that was kind of weird. It is weird because I would have liked to see some acknowledgement of Randy and like that whole thing because like I go and yeah. get the one scene which in that scene when you meet Randy's sister and like Gail's like that's Randy's sister and the way Dewey just says yeah can't you tell and I'm like what is that supposed to mean? Does it mean that she's ugly? That's what Nolan said. He's like yeah that means like she got a fucking ugly ass mug. <laughs> That's like the rudest thing, Dewey. <laughs> so, yeah, overall, this movie was the only movie that was actually a net positive for Dewey, in my mind. Finally. I was going <laughs> to ask you when you were going to finally come around to the dark side. I think Dewey's a he, national treasure. I think it's because he was yes. actually comedic, you know? Yeah. He That's wasn't David just Arquette's a, strong suit. He wasn't just bad at his job. I mean, he was, but yeah, like <laughs> endearingly. <laughs> 
Yeah. Everybody just played the actual funny role that he had played that whole time. So I feel like he got to shine a little bit more, you know? Like, mm-hmm. we got to see his soft side as well as his normal Dewey side. <laughs> and we, yeah. got to, we got to see some of his skills. Like, he is actually a pretty good shot. Can actually fire a gun. I was like very he, impressed. Where's he, that gun? He hit the killer, like five times square in the chest that's pretty good grouping and then he tripped and fell down the hill over his own foot and while he was standing still i'd like to add but yeah (laughs) and then as they do that they like see the body and then they look away for some reason and then they look back and oh the body's gone Gone. of course it's gone how does that work they lose him like five times when the killer (laughs) does that in this movie and it's like i feel like that always happens at least once but this movie like it was like comedic timing with that shit, you know? And and Dewey, I think, just works better as a character when he's allowed to shine and just be his doofy self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, and then along those lines, you know, the killer, like, disappearing and then, like, showing up, it always seemed to work when the reveal was that there was two killers. And then in this one, they go with the long-lost brother storyline. Yeah. Which... It seems like such a reach. It's too much of a reach because it changes everything that we knew about the first one, which like, I actually, that's a good point because I wanted to ask you about it. This movie is a lot different than the other Scream reveals, I think, for Ghostface. But one of the other ones was like the rules that Randy gives for like the trilogy of horror. I'm like, I don't know that many horrors that are trilogies. Do you? Mm -hmm. Like most of them just have unending sequels. There's not really, there's very few like trilogies. And I know he talks about like, you know, the Godfather and Star Wars. But I'm like, other than that, what is there? I was going to say, based off Randy's own rules, a planned trilogy is different than... It's another sequel. Yeah. Than yeah. Just a... So, yeah, like a planned trilogy. I can't think of anything. Because, like, The Conjuring, there's, there's three. Four. But... There's going to be another one already. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they're just doing that as they go. I don't think that's like we plan to just do three or yeah. like Insidious. Maybe they did, Wrote but then they're like, now we're on only. five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're doing another one. We it's like, stop. oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Like Annabelle, those three of those. But I have a really strong feeling that they weren't fucking planned. Like, I can't think of a lot of horror trilogies. I, I don't. Uh, usually if there's like a planned trilogy there's a lot of budget behind the first one like lord of the rings exactly. like, all like those, I was, have, all those were like a yeah. hundred million dollar budget and like there's big movies like that but not a lot of horror trilogies yeah That's the what things. about I, thought... I mean it's yet to be released but do you think that pearl x pearl and yes maxine maxine that is, that is a Rare. planned trilogy because yeah. he yeah Maybe not planned, but I don't know. Like, did he have Maxine he wrote... in mind when? Maybe they decided Maybe... when after X was done, they decided Pearl and Maxine are the next ones. Yeah, he he might have wrote Pearl in mind with Maxine. Yeah, so. I feel like most of the horror trilogies, if they are there, it's by accident. Yeah. It's not like it's like oh, we just ran out of ideas and budget, and no one wanted to pay for it. <laughs> like, yeah. and yeah. the audience just wasn't there. It's like I mean, even Paranormal Activity. Yeah, they did three, but then now they're on like six. And I'm like, are you so kidding many? me? There's Why do we need? I got everything I needed out of the first one. So, but back on Scream. Yes. Hill so- <laughs> Horror and the killer reveal. They're, that's what makes this different because it's it's got a weird reveal that has nothing to do with the rest of the series. Well, and speaking of the reveal, I know that you, Renee, thought that the first time you saw it, which who knows how accurate that is thought it was patrick dempsey based off the number of times you've seen it i'm just saying 
He looks uh, like a fucking serial killer in most does. of the scenes. He's sexy, but like Ted Bundy, creepy sexy. Yeah. You know? a- Avery, can you think of the first time you saw Scream 3? Did you have an idea of who you thought the killer or killers were? Because I thought there was two. Well, when this movie came out, I was five years old. So so you had a <laughs> lot of justification for, you know. For doing. For your no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't remember watching this movie for the first time. I'm sure it was in my, like, early onset love for all the screen movies, which was probably, like, junior high, high school. Mm. And I remember thinking that the woman who was casted as Gail parker posey it's something funny yeah yeah parker posey she just seems suspicious to me from the get-go because she was mm-hmm. like dating dewey i'm like that's a little close to home and she's like suddenly infiltrating and we've never seen her before yeah like, trust issues plus like, she's insane yeah and and it was uh billy's mom in the second one so i was like mm-hmm. we can't rule out the the woman She's coming for the stab, too. I do always, like, kind of secretly now, ever since Scream 2, I always root for a female ghost face. At least right? for one of them, because I dislike that. Because I think, honestly, I kind of feel like there, there's there got to be a female somewhere doing the plans for all this shit. I feel like a lot of the guy, like, Billy, I guess, because he's a serial killer, just from looking at him, you could tell that guy's probably organized with this yeah. shit. Yeah, Um, But, like, yeah, like, if it was, like, Stu and another guy, it's like, they would fucking get caught on day one. So <laughs> Yeah, like you kind of need a there there always was you need a smart one. Like a master. And you need a like a partner to sell out in case you get caught and someone who's just like kind of the dumber one to do a lot of the shit and do mm-hmm. because someone else has to be like on the phone usually with the people, which this movie does, mm-hmm. but not to like I wasn't really stressed out for anyone on the phone. Like there's no really good phone calls in this one. No, and that's my favorite part of the first ones. The like voyeurism. Someone's watching you. They yeah. see you what they're like, who where are you making popcorn? And you're just like, oh like all that movie you're watching. So like, icky. Yeah. Yeah, it's creepy. And that's I think we should talk about maybe the opening scene. Cause cause I think that's always what I look forward to in a screen movie. Like the first opening scene. That's a really big tell of like how the movie's going to be. Yes, we have to talk about the opening scene. One thing, though, the, my biggest like red flag in this movie is the voice changer. And the voice changer is a big part of the opening scene. And I just, it's just that technology does not exist in 2000. Like, or readily it, available for some serial killer to just pick up and use. Voice recorders are barely readily available. Like to record and then just, clone that to to say anything you want in yeah. a single device like i hope the future movies have time travel where someone comes back and gives that guy the device because it just doesn't make any sense well and in the context of this specific scream i feel like it's so silly because it ends up being the guy that's working on the movie so are you telling me that he like how did he get sydney's mom's voice like was he going back in her movies because she was an actress and like pulling <laughs> a yeah like pulling voice ai converting out of that like, like- Exactly. Or was he just recording it from like, was he, or did he have this technology like five years ago when the first murders, because his was like a year <laughs> before that, like, was he recording the mom when he fucking met her at the front door? Like he says, he showed up on her doorstep. Like, how long has this guy had this technology? I mean, Jesus. He's playing the movie and then has a tape recorder for the audio. Then he's converting that tape recorder into an AP to an MP3 mm-hmm. and then uploading it into an AI engine in 2000. And then it's <laughs> Putting it on some weird silver <laughs> disc that has every all these big buttons, which is just like hilarious. So but we all yeah. can agree that like the third movie basically ruins the voice changing element yeah. of 
they they really stole it from the future movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because in the first two, it's so spooky. Like, it's like, yeah. Sydney. Like, that yeah. shit is so scary. But then all of a sudden, we're doing other people's voices. That's like a layer we didn't need. That would be the perfect plot device for a movie this year or yeah, next yeah, year yeah but like in 2000 no get out of here no. like they already did it yeah and it doesn't add anything to the story it just makes you have doesn't. more questions about things and like i just love that in the i just feel like from here on out like scream four and five no reference at all to these like the stab movies yeah but not anything to stat like scream three nobody ever talks about that technology it goes right back to everyone using the ghost face voice I think one of the newer ones, they say, like, you don't have the Ghostface app on your phone, so you can't talk like Ghostface. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, they hold the thing up. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's cool. I like that because that actually fits because it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, not with the time. Yeah. Yeah. They filmed this in 1999. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's just like the entire plot is so dependent on that voice cloning device. And it's just like, okay. Like every scene with Sydney, it's like Sydney's mom's voice just starts playing from somewhere for her. (laughs) I can't yeah. tell what stuff he's actually doing by the end of it and like what stuff she's like hallucinating. And I'm like, is he talking uh-huh. her and making her hallucinate this shit? Like, why is she all of a sudden dream- dreaming about her mom? Well, they they definitely wrote it to have two killers because oh, it would not make sense during that oh, yeah. whole like house chase scene where he's chasing her and then there's a body lying there with the cover and then it's talking to her yeah, yeah. and then it yeah. gets up and it's like, no, that doesn't work. So I was curious, yeah. who do you guys think the other killer is? Because I know who it was, and like they're still really suspicious in the movie. But I was curious if you guys had an idea. You mean the original killer? Like there's someone that they like literally changed the ending at the last minute, but like all of their scenes in the movie like support the fact that they're the killer. Okay, so Avery, watching this for the first time as a 33 year old, I was totally thinking that Patrick Dempsey was the killer, and the reason was the mother was the killer in the last one. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, they do the whole plot line around the mom. Yeah. And he had an affair with the mom. And then it was like, I killed her. I was like, Patrick Dempsey and Billy have very similar hair. That was my entire oh. through line. He just thought it was Billy's dad. <laughs> Same vibe. And then I thought maybe the director would be the second person, mainly Shocking. because mainly because in the second movie, the killer reveal of of Timothy Oliphant, like he was in twenty percent of the movie, literally like mm-hmm. nothing. And then the director, yeah. same thing, twenty percent. True, of the movie. yeah, he's that's very why, background. That's why that reveal. I'm just like, I feel nothing about this. I didn't, yeah, I feel like <laughs> he's I like didn't not really... important to the I movie. Feel nothing. I didn't care about Roman and so like when he was the surprise I was like oh I mean I guess I'm surprised but like I don't care like but yeah who did you think Avery if you were to guess who's the second killer I mean you saying Patrick Dempsey Jace yes so my original thought was Patrick Dempsey and director director for no reason other than he's barely think that's like what they originally planned that would be my guess yeah okay i would say i would definitely say patrick dempsey he just he has like you said he has the look and i feel like you guys talked about it in your first two episodes the they just do the slow pan it's like the guy with the lurky low brow mm-hmm. and like suspicious man yeah like they just kind of imply it because i think they want you to think it's him the creepy looking one you're always like like the, just the creepy vibe or like the way he's like like smiles i'm like yeah, yeah no that guy so really funny because that was not the original plan it was a girl 
And it was Angeline, the one who plays Sydney in the movie, the actress. Oh, see, there's mm. two. They just sprinkled all those new people in. The it scene was too easy. She's in the bathroom and she's wearing like the ghost face boots and she has the outfit. Yeah. Like, they were, they literally had a scene filmed where like she does yeah. the same thing and dresses up as ghost face. Well, she drops it out of her bag too, right? Yeah. Yep. And then that's why she leaves her like her comb there so that like Sydney grabs it and comes out to the set. And then that's oh. where like they have that whole thing. Yeah, so she's the because also like if without her like Roman's just teleporting all over the place, like, there's just no way, and it's just really weird. Like, why would his advice be for all the other killers? Like, yeah, always have a partner. Oh wait, I guess I don't need one. Like, what the fuck? And she gives off big like stalker energy. Like when oh, yeah. she meets super Sydney, weird. she's super like, yeah, oh, I love you, and Sydney's like, I yeah. do not know you. Like this I know, is a lot. It would have been really obvious too. I just feel like they 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 get away from that. I think in the next two movies a bit more, and like as they get newer, I feel like they make it a little. It's more hard because we know the rules of all the movies now. Mm-hmm. So like by the time they get to the newer ones, they're like, we can't make it that obvious. Because yeah, I feel like at least in the first couple, you you can at least identify at least one ghost face. Always, yeah. right? Yeah. I yeah. don't think that's always true, but I I think that that's definitely true of the first three. Yeah. Okay, well then, should we talk about the opening now? The opening. So, (laughs) I actually really liked the opening. What? Oh my god. I mean, this is, again, this is assuming that I'm putting aside the voice cloning Yeah, we don't have to talk about that ever again. Let's pretend it never existed. (laughs) If we include it in the opening, it's a bad opening. But I thought the idea, (laughs) in a vacuum, I guess, the idea of using a voice cloning to lure someone to the place and then you try to kill the original person but then you make the original person think it's the person they could trust i thought that was all actually really interesting and really good it was but it's still it's it's not as good as the first two openings though yeah i agree i I agree with that what do you think avery well okay so i think that that sets such a good like tone for the movie like the third one I do remember seeing for the first time like I do remember watching that and being so bamboozled like oh my god oh he's coming back to the house and feeling Mm -hmm. very like excited about that scene but then I think the rest of the movie is why the opener loses its like luster like it's just the fact that they do what the opener is throughout the whole movie again like they just keep luring people places with the voice yeah it's like that's all the first one's punchy like oh I do love the opener I think it is good aside from like the rest of the film as a whole totally like as a, it's its own thing i think it's better than the rest of the movie like i i think i like the franticness and like i love him driving like a fucking psychopath yeah. in la <laughs> and he's just like fucking like like it's so fucking funny and then the, like on top of it i can tell i'm like i hope this was added for comedy because it's fucking made me cackle but it's like he's like calling 911 they're like we're sorry we've got it's busy <laughs> like, busy. ever gotten that response like what is like maybe in detroit but and it's just so <laughs> casual he's like well shit and just keeps driving i'm like i would be okay. a little freaked out i would I'd be drive like to the fucking police station and go come with me dude and also like i mean your girlfriend's probably already dead like she's in the shower the killer's at the house i mean i think we can just call like say she's she's gone is not cotton's first like rodeo you know like but also like yeah cotton come on so <laughs> i have two things to say about cotton one it was weird to me how engaged he was in what was happening because in the last movie he was totally 
just not aware of anything that was going on. <laughs> he was kind of like a fuckboy. He's so yeah. nonchalant. He's like, okay, guys, whatever. <laughs> You're dead. This will be a good story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make a great movie at the end after all these dead bodies are everywhere. <laughs> Wonderful, you fucking freak. Until but... it comes into his own house. Yeah, with his. But that's the thing. It's like Total his, fuck his boy. TV show, too. Like 100% cotton. 100% <laughs> cotton. <laughs> Kind of I love that. Loved it. Was, so good. The best so thing I've good. ever heard. And the only clip that we see of it at the house is about road rage and like those insane drivers. Yeah. And I just think that's really funny because that's like, I know they're just trying to be meta, probably, but it's like, it, it made me, it got me. I, I was it. like, a hundred percent cotton. This is the story <laughs> of every person who's ever gone on a reality show and then started a <laughs> podcast. Like, yep. Literally, like this is. <laughs> perfect i think another fun thing with this movie i mean just because like i don't know how popular he was back then but i mean i don't know like leave schreiber hadn't done ray donovan yet but he was not ray <laughs> um but i i think there's like a lot of cameos in this movie that it's just like it's way more almost i mean i know a lot of them start off or have certain people in them but or have good cast but i'm like it's so weird that there's like a random carrie fisher cameo just like Mm-hmm. in the middle of the movie <laughs> yeah like really weird right lots of random yeah like extras jay and silent one. bob <laughs> that was so weird seeing jay and silent bob that's no, connie fucking chung <laughs> david schwimmer gets a name drop yeah because <laughs> the cast i kind of wish we could have seen i want to see the stab movies now even more so every time i learn something about them I, know. I was gonna say i don't know if there will ever be a better just like cameo than the second movie of seeing like Luke Wilson being Billy in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Just the greatest thing I've ever seen. There's so so many just people. But he's literally quoting him like word for word, which is amazing. I couldn't imagine casting for these movies. Like you're like, okay, we got to cast the people and then we have to cast the people playing the people that are playing the already re-recorded movie. Like, (laughs) yeah. I agree. I the one the one benefit I'll give the killer in this movie is that I thought he was pretty prepared. Like I felt like he was pretty like smart with like doing like the metal detectors and like obviously he had this crazy technology, right? I mean, he's clearly smart. But my one thing is that like so when he when Sydney gets to the house and he makes her use the metal detector all over her and like he that's how he finds the one gun on her ankle and then secretly she has another gun on the other side of her same ankle but he doesn't know because the metal detector only beeps once mm-hmm. all i could think about was uh the movie hateful eight when <laughs> sam jackson they're like talking to the the dude in the basement he's like all right now throw up your other pistol and he's like i don't have another pistol and he goes well you better shit out another pistol <laughs> i'm gonna shoot this bitch in the fucking head <laughs> And then he just throws up his second gun. And then he's like, I told you. And I'm like, well, you better shit out another fucking gun, bitch. I'm going to shoot Dewey right in the face. Oh, God. That would have made the movie for me. Yeah. That would have been, like, really epic. And then it would have been like, man, Sam Jackson really stole that from Scream 3. (laughs) Oh, well, that seems like a good good place to end it. Yeah. I mean, overall... Outside of the voice cloning thing, this is a this is a fun movie. The voice cloning thing just very outdated and not realistic at all. Which the first two movies are are extremely like realistic, but like yeah, this is a fun movie. It's only bad 
compared to the other ones, I'm assuming. But yeah. you couldn't you couldn't skip it though, right? Yeah. Like you I would disagree. never be able to watch <gasps> you well, you watch four and maybe you'll feel different. Okay. So okay, yeah. So maybe that'll be the case. My thought watching this movie, I was like, this movie feels like it could be any movie in the order outside of the first because it only references the first it doesn't reference the second movie at all the only line is that they say that like stab fans are pissed off that they killed randy and stab too which is funny because like all the real fans like Wes craven got hate mail every day saying like why the fuck did you kill randy (laughs) yeah they're like we had to we had to have some stakes man (laughs) all right well that'll do it for this week's (laughs) road to scream avery thank you for joining us and uh, yes. we will see you all next week when we talk about Scream 4, where Kevin Williamson's back. He's back, baby. Name the remake of the groundbreaking horror movie in which the villain... Halloween, uh, Texas Chainsaw, Dawn of the Dead, The Hills Have Eyes, Amityville Horror, uh, Last House on the Left, Friday the 13th, and A Nightmare on Elm Street, My Bloody Valentine, When a Stranger Calls a Prom Night... Christmas House of Wax, The Fog, uh, Piranha. It's one of those, right? Scream 4. This was a great movie. Yes. I'm so glad that you think so. I was a little <laughs> worried because you have hyped this up. It's my favorite. Quite a bit. And I'm like, she's going to ruin it for me. <laughs> hey, I did that with Babylon, and I think it still worked out for both of us. So. That, that, that is very true. Go listen to the pod. Yeah. Babylon. Uh, anyways, cinema. <laughs> so we're yeah we're talking about Scream Four. This movie is it's a comeback in a lot of different ways. We got mm-hmm. Kevin Williamson's back. He's here to right the wrongs of Scream Three. Yes, <laughs> he really did. That they did. I did read though that they brought back fucking Aaron Kruger again, and he did some rewrites on Kevin Williamson's script for this one. <laughs> so. I feel like any of the negative things about this movie probably came from him. And it was like the studio idea. They wanted to change a bunch of shit. I mean, I could see him coming back and maybe rewriting the opening bit Mm because that part, that's really funny. And Scream 3, if anything, is a really funny movie. Mm -hmm. And that opening scene with them watching the movie and then it's actually... The next movie is watching the old movie. It's a movie within a movie within a movie. <laughs> I I was like, am, am I watching one of the scary movies? Like, mm-hmm. am I watching one of those? And I didn't realize I actually put that on. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, it was super jarring. I, this, I saw this. This is the first scream I saw in theaters. And I had the same feeling when it started as I did when I saw Tropic Thunder. And that movie starts with like three fake commercials, yeah. trailers, you know? And I'm like, at first, I'm like, oh, is this a movie? And I'm like, no, this is just, is this an ad? Like, what is this, you know? And so with this, I was also like, is this part of the movie or not? Because I kept saying, like, stab six, stab seven. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, it was very, I think the reason I love this opening so much is just because it really was extremely shocking to me at a time when, you know, there was three of these already. I felt like, how can they really change it again and make it interesting? And they did. Yeah, well, and especially with the gap the t- the actual time gap between three and four i mean yep. from the first movie to now there's a 14 year um no there's a 15, 11 year 15, there's a big gap <laughs> <laughs> 11 in, years between three and four. Oh, three and four i was saying the first one 
Oh, sorry. Yeah. Then yeah. yes, you're right. Um, so yeah, there's a huge gap. And especially considering the first three movies were made within three years of each other. Mm-hmm. Just Pretty pumped crazy. out three of them real quick. That yeah, there's just like this long break, even though Screen 3 was very successful. It did mm-hmm. really well. But yeah, they brought the whole gang back. They brought they back did. everyone. And more. <laughs> yeah, they added some. And the funny thing is that this movie is actually the least successful at the box office. I know, it's so upsetting. I mean, it was also in the era of like everything that we got was remakes of shit. So yeah. maybe it just got lost in the mess, but... Yeah, it was it was not very successful and I'm very bothered that it wasn't because I I loved it and I feel like it was way better than 3. So it bothers me that 3 did so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, 3 was riding off the high of, of 2. two. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, maybe maybe the gap or I don't know, but they had to uh, entice audiences to come back to Scream because it had been a fucking minute and there'd been so many scary movies in the meantime making fun of Screams. <laughs> like, yeah. it was like, you know, maybe it felt like not the right time. Yeah. Until then, they finally did it. And I felt like all the stars aligned to make this really good and have everyone back is pretty unique for most horror franchises. I mean, I'll just go ahead and get it out of the way and then we can jump in and just start talking about things. <clears throat> this is the best movie so far. Really? Yeah, for sure. Oh, thank God. I'm so <laughs> glad you agree. Woo. So for anyone, if, the, if this Hot is take, the first, though. if this is the first of the series that you're listening to us, this is my first time watching essentially all the Scream movies. And mm-hmm. I didn't know any spoilers coming into this. We're just leading our way up to Scream 6. So up until this point, Scream 2 is my favorite. This did everything that I loved in Scream 2 and more. Mm-hmm. Really takes it up a notch or yeah. like 10. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I really loved and kind of going back to the opening is I don't know if there's been another horror franchise that really has handles commentary on the success of their own franchise better than Scream. I know. It's incredible. The Stab movies really just opened that whole thing up to make it so much more meta. Yeah, like the fact that Kevin Williamson's back, and at this point, they you know we had Scary Movie One and Scary Movie Two, and Scary Movie One just rips Scream apart. But the fact that like Kevin Williamson, he definitely watched Scary Movie One, and he's like, for my opening, I'm gonna do kind of a scary movie parody of my own thing. It's so incredible because, like. The fact that like even the like each of the the opening bits are pretty good. Like I feel like on their own, and then when you just put them back to back, it's just fucking genius. Like yeah. the the first one I think is really like the silliest because it's like all oh, the Facebook stalker killer, yeah. and she's like it's just kind of funny. And then they're like oh talking shit about four and all this yeah. stuff, and and I love that. And then when that's over, and then you're like oh shit, it's Kristen Bell and fucking uh, what's her Anna name Anna Paquin. Yeah, so you're like, oh my god, what? <laughs> and then I was like expecting like a ghost face to jump out, but then like Kristen Bell fucking reaches over and yeah. just stabs her because she's like, you could see everything coming. Like there's no surprises <laughs> anymore. And then she's like, did that surprise you? And I was like, yes, that fucking surprised me. Holy shit. <laughs> and then you peel back again. It was just genius. And it was the coolest way to like make fun of your own franchise while also one-upping it and then keeping it relevant, you know? Yeah. 
it was incredible. It, it was great. And then I loved the line when we got into the actual opening mm-hmm. where they were talking about the stab movies that you know we hadn't seen in the 10 years that <laughs> we weren't yeah. around. And they're like, Stab Five had time travel. It was totally stupid. And I'm just like, that that is how they explain the crazy voice cloner. It's yeah. it's Scream it's Scream Three. That's gotta be why they threw it in there. Because it's like that's the only way that guy could have fucking had that technology back then. <laughs> you know, I feel like Kevin Williamson watched Scream Three and he's like, We gotta we gotta fix that. Yeah, we gotta correct it. And that would be maybe if that is even referencing it, that would be the only reference to Scream Three ever again. Like yeah. besides the stab movies, they don't reference anything about Roman. It's like he never existed. The well, killer. There, there is uh that one line that Gail has where she's like, I've helped solve three of these. And I'm just like, Did you, Have you though? S- did you solve them? You Nobody shot killer them. in the first one, then you got shot in the second one. <laughs> yeah, and then she in the third one, it. you were just tied up. Also, no one ever solves it. The killer reveals himself. I so. know. <laughs> There's literally never anyone who actually solves this shit ahead of time. But it's funny that she says that because you're like, I mean, I think technically she did the most work on the third one and put a lot of shit together for Maureen Prescott because she knew all about her. But like, mm-hmm. other than that. That's it. I would say the first two, not as much. She's just a reporter looking for her big break. You know, she didn't really solve anything. Yeah. But I will. I mean, I I still love Gail. I'll give her all the credit all day. Okay. That <laughs> that bitch deserves it. <laughs> Speaking of Gail, um, and also the the just list of people that are in this movie, I felt like Allison Brie was mm-hmm. supposed to kind of be the new Gail. Like she mm. was the publicist and just yeah. like getting the story and all that stuff and, and being a and bitch then, about it. <laughs> and then she dies. <laughs> yeah. That was always a random death because I was like, I didn't really even think she was part of this whole thing, but I guess it was Allison Bree. So like I guess she had to die because she's someone famous. But <laughs> yeah. I was kind of like, eh, whatever. But that's a good point. I guess I never really like compared the two. But yeah, she's just the shittier version of Gail. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Come on. And well, and then speaking of uh, of comebacks, uh, Dewey comes back stronger than ever. His limp is totally, you know, healed in the past ten years. His mustache is his mustache is thickened up a little bit. Looks good. And he failed his way up to being sheriff. So like, yeah, good for him. (laughs) Dewey's on top of the world. Like I say, like. This movie didn't really like Dewey just was kind of, he was just kind of there. He wasn't yeah. he, he wasn't really like doing too much or too little. He's just kind of a character and so I was like, yeah, "Good job, Dewey. You know, good <laughs> for you." <laughs> yeah, Dewey just like they kind of didn't make him the butt of the joke every time. I mean, he still gets his ass handed to him, but yeah, I did hear that like Wes Craven was saying that like the reason that they got rid of the limp and the arm thing was like they're like he's done physical therapy for like 11 years, okay? He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> And so I'm like, all right, I guess that makes sense. I'm not sure that physical therapy can solve a severed nerve. They might have just stabbed him again to fix it. But people not remembering that detail will solve it. Yeah, exactly. But I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I'm glad that you enjoyed Dewey more. I'm curious if you'll, I I think he's at his best in the fifth one. So Mm -hmm. I think you'll, you'll really come around fully on him versus just being like, he was fine, (laughs) (laughs) which like he was in this movie. He's really not a big part of it. Like this movie besides 
Sydney, like Gail and Dewey really take a backseat in this movie. I think maybe it's just jarring because we just watched Scream 3 and they're like the leads of that movie. Yeah. So it kind of switches it up. But also this is kind of the first one where like Sydney is not part of the main cast because she's older. She's not. It's not her group of friends. It's Emma Roberts is the new Sydney and it's her group of friends. So I thought that was interesting to bring in all the the new young people. It's been in the back of my head, you know, knowing that Nev Campbell is not coming back. So it's been interesting in my head of like, she was kind of part time in this movie also. Mm-hmm. I feel like she was very part time in Scream 3. She's pretty part time in this. Like, it, the this movie really does focus on the kind of the new group the of new people. Group of kids. Yeah. And that, same with that, five. And that was one of the other things that really stuck out to me is I feel like this is the movie where it really showed me that it this this franchise does not rely on nev campbell yeah it's true if you can find a new cast of kids that are just as great like and like someone that you actually care about to center the movie around Mm -hmm. i think they did a really good job with the cast in this movie most of them i feel like i i really enjoyed the new group of characters they're all kind of somewhat similar to the original characters but that's kind of how you have to do it right yeah they do the same thing in the fifth one very successfully as well and i think that's like one reason I love four and five so much is like, I love Sydney, but like how many people want to kill her out there? You know what I mean? Like after a point you're like, is there more people that want to murder this bitch? Like why? (laughs) There's just, I mean, we can't keep thinking up reasons, right? There's gotta be a new target at some point. So this one did a good job of like kind of playing with that. Yeah. Kevin Williamson's really good at writing characters. He's really good at writing like these young characters. Cause like shocking. Like, most yeah. people who are older are terrible at writing dialogue for young people. It sounds so like old people trying to sound young. Like, hello, oh. fellow kids. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like it just doesn't fucking work most of yeah. the times. It's shocking. He even is still doing it with his uh newest release movie, Sick. I yeah, felt like... I was just thinking of that. Like <laughs> sick, those characters they're sick. They're written really well. <laughs> He's still got it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Williamson. He doesn't write fi- uh, the fifth one, but he was a consultant. They brought him onto the set, had him review the script, go over the story, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I think that's important. Kevin Williamson basically just has to be involved in these movies in a big way, in some way, at least, in order for them to be to keep up with the quality of the others, I think. I also thought that this movie felt a lot more rated R than the yeah. other ones the really? other ones i for some reason i was like are the other ones pg-13 like they this one could felt be. rated r <laughs> yeah after like one and two which had i mean they were still not even super gory but they had a lot more blood and stuff yeah. i mean in the first op- in the first one the opening you see like drew barrymore hanging there with her guts all hanging out yeah this you get is that the, in this movie too this is the first one since the first one where we see someone disemboweled <laughs> yeah and also ghostface i feel like is more terrifying to me in this movie because the shit that he says like when he tells sydney i'm gonna slice your eyelids so that you can't blink yeah. when I stab you in the face and she she's like oh my god what the <laughs> fuck like, where'd you come up with that fuck that's fucking gnarly man <laughs> jesus that was like a lot <laughs> that that's the that should have been the first hint that it's not someone from the past yeah can't be people back in the old movies didn't talk like that <laughs> there's never been i mean the, the ghost face threats in this one definitely get more intense and and the kills are really really stepped up i know that you know also i think each movie reflects the time that it was made and when it came out and like movies at the time 
I know we talked about they toned a lot of the violence down in Scream 3 because of Columbine. Yeah. 11 years later, no one gave a fuck anymore. And they just dialed it up to 11. And it's like the blood even is like almost black. It looks more real, too. And they just I think at the time, too, like the movies that they're talking about in this one, like Saw and like fucking just all the remakes, too. They were all like, OK, we have to outdo the original. How do we do that? Adding a ton of gore. It got to be grisly. I mean, the Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre remake is the perfect example of it. Yeah. Like the first one is not gory. Like the original is not gory at all. They don't show anything. And then the new one, they really show you everything. They're like not pulling any punches. That was the trend at the time. So I think that that's cool that the movie reflects that. Yeah. And is like, that's what modern audiences want. At least at that point, we were all into the torture porn. That was the big thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And that first kill, I was like, Jesus, that's a lot of blood. Is this even possible? Like the yeah. room was just, it's like someone just went in there with a fire hose of blood. Which one, which first kill? Oh, the, 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 the girl the, where they yeah. see it from across the, the neighbor girl. Yeah. The, yeah. The, I'm not in your closet. I was like, Oh, that was good. Right. Yeah. And speaking of that, this, this movie, it was very apparent that Kevin Williamson was back because like yep. the kills and how we see the kills reminded me a lot of like the tense moments from the first and the second one. Like, yeah, when they are watching their friend get horribly murdered, but we're seeing almost all of it from from the from the other house. And so we're just seeing the window like that's freaky <laughs> yeah it really adds to it i feel like the way that a lot of the the kill sequences go are really unique all the kills are really unique too i feel like there's a lot of they really stepped it up you know how many times can we just stab people and say that's it like we're just stabbing them it's yeah. it kind of gets old after a while i mean if you think about it the very first one fucking ghostface uses the garage door to kill somebody so I mean, I like to see a little creativity and a little fuck like the male slot kill. That was great. I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> so I loved that kill because I was like, all right, I really appreciate this. I feel like when they made the first couple ones, movie logic was a lot more acceptable back then. Yeah. And then audience have, have just grown since then to, to be like, okay, that's not how that works. And so, like, the when the mail slot one, I was like, thank you. Prior to this movie, every movie, the knife has essentially been used as, as like, a hatchet. Where yeah. you can just blow through solid wood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, There's no way. Yeah. Like, and, that's the thing. <laughs> and so, like, this one is just like, yep, can't stab through a solid wood door. Maybe if it's a lightsaber. Mm -hmm. So, you just stab through the mail slot. I was like, okay. We're evolving. This is great. Yeah. They even do the fix with the garage door because like that was the biggest thing is like we all love the garage door kill like Rose McGowan dying in the in the fucking doggy door pulled up <laughs> smashed. It's great. It's wonderful. We all know that it would never fucking happen. Like there's or just like, no no logistical way that it would actually happen that way. Right. Or like uh, in the first one, the TV falling on Stu and exactly. then like he electrocutes. <laughs> That's not, not what works. would happen. Yeah, but that they do that at the very beginning of Scream Four, the third like opening scene, I guess, the real one with the girl crawling out under the yeah. garage, and then it goes down and like crack. Like I was like, "Ooh, that fucking hurts!" And people were like, "Yeah, like that's actually a bit more realistic. I can work with this. That's good." <laughs> it's again what they say with the rules of the remakes, right? And the rules of a slasher movie in the two thousands is like 
audiences are savvy to all the shit that they used to pull in movies. We know all that yeah. crap now. We yeah. are aware that you cannot die that way in a garage door. Like, we know you can't fucking stab a knife through a fucking wood door. <laughs> so I love that they take that into play and they keep working with it. And that's one of the things that keeps Scream really relevant every mm -hmm. movie is that they learn from their own mistakes. They make fun of their own mistakes. And then they do it in an even crazier way. It's just yeah. wonderful. <laughs> I don't see a lot of other sequels learning from their mistakes that way. So I was going to ask you, you know, we've been kind of talking about the opening scenes and, and ranking them before I ask you where you put this one is the whole opening scene, the opening scene in your mind. Like, I mean, the, the parody funny things with Kristen Bell and Anna Paquin. Yeah. Is that part of the opening scene in your mind? Yes. The opening scene is the beginning so the of Stab thing. 6, then the beginning of Stab 7, and then the actual two girls who live in Woodsboro. So that's three fucking opening <laughs> scenes in one. That is why it's my favorite. I think it's the most shocking. I know. I think we can all agree number one's the best of all time because nobody was expecting that. It came yeah. out of nowhere. Now we all know. But I would say, like, I think Scream 4 is my favorite just because of the <laughs> unexpectedness and the audacity to do that it's just yeah. really cool i love a big swing and i feel like they took it if i put it all together yeah. you know my my problem is i compartmentalize things so like i, I want to all three is i want i want to think of it as the funny opening and then the real opening but if yeah. you put them all together they're good i it was really good i think i was expecting more of something like scream 2 with the theater scene like that that opening is great because it's not in a house. It's in a theater. So it's really unique and like how they do all that. So this one is still really good, especially with the whole funny thing at the beginning. And then the fourth one is still Scream 3. Scream 3, I actually like that opening, but it's I just ignore the voice changer part of it. <laughs> but I think, yeah. yeah, I think in my head it's one, two, Scream 4 is number three. And then Scream 3 is fourth. So Scream yeah. 3 is at the bottom. I, don't I know, think I, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But it, it really really could go either way. But the first two are just so good. They're and so good. This one is really good. Yeah. This uh, one definitely brought it back to like, okay, now the opening scenes are exciting and something to be excited about. Because mm -hmm. after the third one, I was like, wow, that really was like kind of a downer. I mean, it's better than the rest of the movie, too. I think that's the other thing with three is that yeah. they just repeat the opening. And like, if they had done that for this movie, it would have sucked. So like all these <laughs> fake outs and shit like that. Plus, I think I'm just a sucker for seeing more of these stab movies. Like I told you, <laughs> I just want to fucking see them. There's one that they like someone watches on like a YouTube video and the new one from like supposedly stab eight. And it's like a ghost face. And he's got like ripped sleeves and like tats. And he's got a fucking flamethrower. And they're like, what is this shit? That's not screen or that's not stab. <laughs> so oh, funny. <laughs> so I, I want to see thing. this. Dude, the Stabathon, that was legit. That was uh that I would be at that thing. I'd be hosting it every year. Yeah. Maybe not if there's an active serial killer. I don't think I'm that dumb, but yeah, I'd be hosting that fucking shit all the time. Well, and then one thing that was added to this movie that I know you're very excited about with the new one coming out is Hayden Panettiere. Fresh Herbie. off fresh off of heroes. Yep. This is her thing. Uh her character was really good. I think I think I was a little underwhelmed. I think she was built up a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the only thing that you built up a little too much. I can't but help, but I'm obsessed with her. She's a queen. I she love was good. I love her. I, I was obsessed with her hair. 
Her hair I, is gorgeous, like weirdly gorgeous for like what her weird haircut is. I'm like, like how, I don't know how it works. How are you rocking this? Like, it looks like there's so many questions. Like, if you look straight on, I'm like, oh, she has like a ponytail. Yep, an updo or like a bun in the back. Yeah, and then she turns her head. It's like, nope, that's just flat. She styles it with such little amount of hair. She actually fucking does some shit with it. It's incredible. She's got like a poof going, like a pin back. She's got like braids and twists on the side. It's really cute. Yeah, it. I was I was surprised. I was like, yeah, that, she's rocking it. I kind kind of thinking that Hayden Panettiere is just like one of those people that can rock any haircut. Oh yeah. I was like, can we get a wig from from Scream Three? Can we get Courtney Cox's haircut and yeah. put it on? Just see if she rocks it, because then. I I just think Kirby's fucking hilarious. People are obsessed with her, I think, just because she was really funny. She was like a real character. I really didn't want her to get killed. Mm. And they basically leave this movie thinking that she's dead, right? There's no, they had shot another scene where she was a survivor at the end, but they never confirmed it. And everyone was always saying, like, when they did Scream 5, is Kirby coming back? Because we don't know that she's really dead, right? Yeah. And then in Scream 5, all these fucking sleuths are so smart. They caught this little, like when they're watching that YouTube video I was telling you about, there's like one of the little ad pre or the video previews in the bottom. And one of them says it has Hayden Panettiere. And it says like interview with Woodsboro survivor, Kirby Reed. And we're like, she's alive. Oh (laughs) shit. And then now she's fucking back in the sixth one. And I just couldn't be more excited because like her level of knowledge is incredible. Yeah. I love it. I also think she's funny. Like when she's like, when they first go to the cops, like the her two friends got the calls from the killer. And then she's like, and they're like, and you didn't get a call? She's like, no, I didn't. Is that bad? Does that mean I'm not going to live as long as these two? And he's like, no, maybe. I don't know. No, you're fine. She's like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to be next. <laughs> like, it's just good. I, I really enjoy her. I think she's she's great. I also love the idea of like, I know we have Robbie is kind of like a Randy, but I think she fits more of the Randy vibe. Yeah. He's more like a combo of Randy and Billy or something because he's mm-hmm. creepy looking, but he has the movie knowledge, right? Yeah. But no, she was good. I'm excited for her to come back. Um, I think she's a really, really good actress. So Me too. I, I was just happy. She hasn't done like a ton of movies or, or anything. So I'm happy. Took to a break back. for a while. I just I'm excited to see her in Scream 6. Kirby was my favorite in Scream 4. I think she's just the best in this movie. Maybe outside of for me, I think. I really just love Emma Roberts. We haven't talked about her yet, but I've been saving it. Yeah, I figured that's more of like an ending conversation because up until the end, she's kind of like nothing. She's like the new Sydney. She does like it's very similar to the first movie with Sydney. She's very yeah. much like the new Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also I think it's fair to say that just Hayden Panettiere just steals the show whenever she's, she's on so screen, and she's always on screen with Emma Roberts, and yeah, like <laughs> their characters' personalities are just polar opposite. You know? I love it when they're like, "Kirby, what's your favorite scary movie?" And she's like, "Bambi." <laughs> <laughs> it's just like fucking uh, Randy and Scream Two when they ask him the killers on the phone with him, and they're like, "What's your favorite scary movie, Randy?" And he says, "Showgirls." And I was just <laughs> like, "See, it's the Randy thing. She's just fucking Randy." But let's yeah. hope that she can make it more than two movies because Randy did not. <laughs> <laughs> so before we jump to Emma Roberts and the ending, I only had two things in this movie that I thought were bad. Okay. One, 
I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just 2011. The colors in the movie are so like saturated. My astigmatism was going crazy <laughs> in the night scenes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I know. I felt it like I was watching weird. The Wizard of Oz. Like I was like, why are these colors so bright? Yeah, I don't know why they did it. It's something about that time. I mean, maybe it's just because like all the horror movies back then were like directed by music video directors, and they mm. were all like. They kind of had that kind of music video look to them. Yeah. I think this one just weirdly has that. I don't. I th- I wish that they would like redo it or like yeah. recolorize the film so it looked like all the other ones because it's the only movie that you're like, there's like a fucking gloss on my screen. <laughs> like what? It, did someone rub Vaseline all over my TV? Yeah. It's very <laughs> jarring. The first. I mean, I get. I'm used to it because I've seen it a million times. But but yeah, it's kind of like a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it really stood out. I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, why did they do this? Uh, <laughs> okay, so that's a fair criticism. I'll give you that. What's the that, other thing? That's a nitpick. This is also a nitpick. So really, this movie doesn't have any bad things in my mind. But mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole idea that that Rory Culkin's character and Hayden Panettiere, no Charlie. Oh, Charlie. Yeah, you're right. Robbie. Yeah. The other guy keeps saying Robbie. <laughs> the the idea. Uh, towards the end that like they are flirting and like they are having chemistry and like they're ready to get down and mm-hmm. then the other guy essentially cock blocks them i was like i don't believe this at all <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no way even if she's scared and lonely and everyone's dying around her there's just and drunk too she says i'm drunk and that's why but it's like come on bitch Come on, that guy is, even when she's flirting with him, he's like watching the fucking Stab 7 movie. He could not be less interested in the fact that fucking Hayden Panettiere, a gorgeous, beautiful woman that's maybe a thousand times out of his league, and he's like watching Stab 7. And she's like, hey, Charlie. And he's like, oh, yeah. And she's like, I know you're into the movie, but like, do you guys, do you want to fucking hook up? And it's like, oh yeah. And then he goes back to watching the movie. I'm like, this guy doesn't deserve it. <laughs> even if this would happen for some way, but maybe that's why. Cause girls love it when you ignore them. That's probably it. And then they love it when you try to kill them. Yeah. So, it's really attractive, uh... but I do love how she's smart. That's why I like her that when, after she even like has a kiss with him and then downstairs when she's like locked in the room with Sydney and he's like banging on the door with yeah. blood all over him. She's like, no, Charlie, like, I'm sorry, but I can't trust you. And I'm like, yes, bitch, yes, <laughs> which is great. And then they pull that really cool reversal of the original scene with, like, Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. on the phone and the guy out in the outside tied up. It's pretty great. All the little nods that they do, the original kind of switching them up, which is what they say to the new one, you know? This would have been so much better of a story than, you know, a trilogy than Scream 3. Yeah, Totally. It would have been perfect. They did the callbacks to the original. They even redid some of those shots. Like they did the garage scene. They did the balcony scene. Yeah. I thought it was great. They really nailed it. And I think that whole, I mean, just that whole sequence where she names off every remake that's been made in the 2000s is pretty incredible. Like, (laughs) I am dying to know what the fucking question that was. The (laughs) question that he doesn't even finish the question when she answers. He's like, name the remake of the groundbreaking horror movie in which the killer and that's all so i'm like yeah. what which, what was the answer she does list basically all of the horror remakes though which is incredible but i gotta I, know what that fucking question was i think even emma roberts was impressed because she 
she's just silent as the killer over the phone. She didn't even say anything. That's true. Like, and like, yeah, Jesus, <laughs> I didn't. I I do want to. I want to ask you that. I think now we can sit yeah. since you just mentioned it. We can talk yeah. about the killer reveal. Yeah. Of Emma Roberts, who is Sydney's cousin, as the killer, which I think mm-hmm. is my favorite twist of any of the movies. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the best. Again, it's interesting how it's also a family member. Yep. If I were Sydney, I would not look up any other family that I ever had <laughs> for the rest of my life after my brother and my cousin tried to murder me. Um, but I loved that twist. I did not see it coming. I don't think she's actually a big movie buff either. So I was yeah. curious how she even knew the like questions. Robbie, or sorry fucking charlie Charlie. must have written them for her yeah (laughs) with the answers but but yeah i thought that was a really good twist uh i want to know did you enjoy it did you like the twist or was it did it feel wrong i don't know if it's hot so i'm gonna say this is my hard take um this is easily the best killer in the franchise 100 yep that is actually common everybody kind of agrees with that she's definitely the best of any of the ghost faces like and we i can we can break this down the first two killers or sorry the scream two and scream three the killers are in the movie less than 20 percent of the time yeah this time one of the main characters is actually the killer the sydney so, so the reveal is actually a reveal like whoa yeah, because after Charlie, you're like, okay, well, I figured that guy. He's got the creep look, right? That Even Charlie's kid. in the movie a lot. Yeah, exactly. You know? So they do have that, at least, compared to the other ones. But you still and, get like, you're like, okay, yeah, Charlie. And then you kind of relax. But then you're like, oh, yeah, there's a second one. Yeah. And when it's Emma Roberts, you're like, what the fuck? Like, I know that women have been killers. But wow, that girl must weigh 80 pounds soaking wet, <laughs> yeah. I think. The fact that she's able to kill anyone. I mean, I think, she's, it's all surprise, really. I think both of them weigh 80 pounds soaking wet. Good point. <laughs> like, He's not any better. He's just a little bit taller than her. <laughs> I mean, she must be wearing, like, fucking, like, platform boots whenever she kills somebody, right? Maybe. I'm not. They have to. Not really keeping track of the height, but. I always am, because I'm like, the kill. you can always tell that some person's a fucking dude, and then you're like, oh, it's Emma Roberts. Really? Yeah. She, I wonder if she shot any of the scenes as Ghostface. <laughs> like, I doubt that they make them do that. Yeah. But it would be but, a little helpful. Then here's the reason why they're better than Billy and Stu. Mm-hmm. So if you remember our conversation about Scream 1, I thought one of the problems is that Billy especially, and Stu, but Billy especially, they acted menacing the entire movie. Yeah, and obvious. So then when it's like revealed that they're killers, like, well that makes sense <laughs> you know just based yeah. off your vibe this one they do the they do the thing that i said billy should have done emma roberts acted like a very innocent person and the then when she reveals her personality flips so good when she enters crazy bitch zone it is <laughs> yeah. the biggest flip for a character in the last like 30 minutes of the movie that i've ever seen i don't yeah. think we've ever and she's like I told so many lies today that I almost started to believe them. I was so good. Like she is so good throughout the movie. You don't suspect her at all. Yeah. And like, she even gets the same cut that Derek, uh, Sydney's boyfriend gets in scream Two, And then they're all like, Oh, he's the killer. Cause he just got that one yeah. scratch, but nobody even looks twice as at Emma Roberts because like no one, it's just the perfect, it's the perfect ghost face. Cause she's the, literally the last one you would ever suspect. Yeah. And I think that's the only time it really ever happens where you're just a hundred percent shocked because 
I I couldn't have I wouldn't have bet that in a million years that it was her. After the first three movies, like the reveals were just kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. I went into this one just not even trying to figure think, it out. Yeah, not even like thinking who it could be. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. I'm like totally. the only person I know it's not is it's not Hayden Panettiere. Yeah, because I know that she's coming back. So I'm like, I know it's not her. Yeah, but everyone else, I'm like, I could see it. But like I don't I don't know what the logic is after ten years. You know? That's what like, I'm saying. I think this one also has the best reasoning for Ghostface versus yeah. like like I don't get. I mean, sure, whatever. The brother was jealous, but again, it just seems silly. Whereas this one, first off, her motivations to become Sydney is genius. I love mm-hmm. that because that that actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that she's like so. I mean, her motives could have been used in the newest Scream because she's like. What am I supposed to do? Go to college, work. You don't have to achieve anything anymore. Everyone's online. All you have to do is have fucked up shit happen to you. And like fucking they're like videotaping the murder. So everyone's going to really be able to see. I mean, it's genius. It is a really good plan. That was a great technology addition to the show. You know, definitely better than the voice cloner. Well, yeah, because they're like, like, I mean, recording it through the mask and stuff. Yeah, and they added new texting way. in the opening. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. So it's like, it's the whole thing of like, they're, they're making it more relevant with today's technology. But, and I love that. Cause it's like, yeah, that would be the next thing is like, nowadays you can fucking have a portable camera anywhere. You're really tiny. You can film their murders and actually have them be as immortal. Like you're, you're making your own movie. It always comes back to somebody's trying to fucking make a movie. Right. Mm-hmm. That's literally what it is every time. But this one, I felt like, nobody's ever tried to replace sydney everyone's always tried to be like oh we're gonna frame sydney as the killer which i'm like that's fucking stupid we all know that she wouldn't be the fucking killer yeah they're always like oh you just snapped because you've been stabbed so many times i'm like i don't think that's how it works so i thought this one was actually really relevant and made perfect sense and she's also the ghost face that gets away with it for like the longest you know yeah because she she makes it it looks like sydney's gone and she fakes it when she fucking destroys herself and beats herself up I was crying laughing. Oh, it's so good. I te- I texted you. I'm like, like this bitch is crazy, but I respect the hustle. <laughs> like, Dude, when she like runs into the fucking like framed glass, and she like, <laughs> and then when she throws herself back on the table and like stabbing herself, it's just so good. It's so good, and Emma Roberts really plays it perfectly. I'm gonna put that scene in uh, top three scenes of people kicking their own ass. Yeah, very in, in much. No, in no particular order, it's that scene. It's Fight Club when Edward Norton beats himself up in <laughs> yep. front of his boss, and then it's Liar Liar when Jim Carrey. Oh yeah, I'm kicking my own ass. Do you mind? <laughs> I was also thinking about The Office when Dwight's like teaching them all the new things in karate, and they're like. <laughs> well, shouldn't you be fighting somebody? And, like, no one's as good as you. So then he, like, is like, oh, I'll kick my own ass. <laughs> it's like he's fighting himself. No, throw it to the punch. And then I block. <laughs> it's, like, so good. I felt like it was very similar. This one is oh, just, like, That's yeah. great. She turns it up to 11 in, like, the last 30 minutes and just kills it. And it's, <laughs> I, I don't know if you know, but the original ending was at the end of, like, the cops bring her out and the, the reporters are all, like, taking pictures of her. And that was going to be the end of the movie. So it was going to end mm. with like, we don't know if Sydney's alive or dead or if yeah. she does, maybe she just has memory issues and wouldn't remember. And yeah. I think what they were trying to do was set up a new trilogy with four five yeah. and six, but it didn't do so well, obviously. And the studio made them add the hospital ending, which doesn't make any sense because like 
how is she going to get out of that? She's literally like fighting like all the people there. <laughs> She's yeah. going to have to kill Gail, Dewey, Deputy Judy, and Sydney and be like, oh, I don't know. I guess there's another killer. Like, what was she going to do? What was her fucking plan? <laughs> we get the great scene of her annihilating Dewey with a bedpan. <laughs> so good. He so fucking just runs in there. Of course, he also doesn't even pick up when she's like talking about her matching stab wounds with Gail. Like, Gail does solve it technically because she's like, how would she know I was also stabbed in the shoulder? And it's like, yeah. Dewey's like, oh, God. It's like, yeah, you dumbass. You didn't fucking pick that up. Like, what the fuck? But I do, I like once all those people come in there and they realize it's Jill, like she's kind of fucked. But, but yeah, that whole sequence, I think it would have been way cooler if we ended it and like she had won and we had never mm -hmm. seen that before. I think I read that like this, the sequel to this, Kevin Williamson's idea was that Sydney would have memory issues. I'm sure she would have still survived, right? And uh, that when, when she went to, when uh, Emma Roberts went to college, that there would be a new ghost face stalking her, but because they knew that she was one of the ghost faces. So I was like, that's interesting. Putting her in the victim shoes, even though she was one of the killers, I think it could have been really interesting. I'm sad that yeah. they had to get rid of her. Yeah, that would have been great. There must have been some, some not so good screenings that they did. And they're just like, all right, we're not going to leave this hanging. Like yeah. if I didn't, if I didn't know that the next movie was another 10 years Mm -hmm. like that would have been the perfect i'd be like oh yeah they should have ended on that cliffhanger yeah but i mean joe was the best ghost face that's the one thing is when you get a really good ghost face it's a bummer when they're like killed at the end it's like yeah. there's no way that they can come back right there's a different ghost face every time and it would have been fascinating to turn a ghost face into a victim it would have yeah. been really cool i think it's a great idea who knows maybe they'll do it again um but for for this one, I'm still okay with the hospital ending scene because we get that line when she goes in to see Sydney and she's like, she's like, oh, you just won't fucking die, will you? Who are you, Michael fucking Myers? <laughs> it's like yeah. for real though. Like she beats the shit out of Sydney when she's like stabbing her. Like, how are those stitches? I was like, Jesus, how is yeah. she alive? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Sydney must be fucked up beyond all belief at this point. Like, I mean, by Scream Five. I don't want to see her without her shirt off. It's got to be fucking <laughs> gnarly, man. Well, I'm just really glad that you enjoyed this movie as much as I do. I think you'll also really enjoy Scream 5. Yeah. I think just I, we're getting a little bit more relevant to our times. and I'm very excited now to watch Scream 5 because I was excited to watch Scream 3 after Scream 2 because Scream yeah. 2 was so good. And then Scream 3 was a good time, but it's, it's not It's kind of not a letdown. The same thing. Yeah. And so this one was a real good, like refresh mm -hmm. you know and then you um, get basically another refresh with five because it's a whole new cast of characters all new yeah. young people and i think they did a really great job with that movie too it is also interesting i'm curious to see how you will feel about the first screen movie not directed by wes craven because he passed away in 2015 hmm. so um and also i believe the reason that they didn't continue with this stuff is because there was also that Scream TV show on MTV at the same time, like a 2015. Oh, yeah, yeah. They started doing that as like a refresh of the whole, like a reboot. And that oh. didn't do well, I guess. I never watched it because it's just stupid. Um, but <laughs> so I like that they had to reboot it again kind of in five, but they do it in a different way than four. So it's still really, really good and interesting and still feels like a Scream movie, honestly. Yeah. I'm excited. So yeah, now my rankings overall movie wise overall now that we're on the fourth is number one is scream four number two is scream two 
Number three, Scream 1. Number four, Scream 3. So Scream 4 is number one now? Scream 4 is number one. Fuck yeah, baby. It's got the best <laughs> villain. Yep. It's got the uh, got the great meta-ness to it that's not corny or overdone. Even more meta. I love when when uh, Gail says, I mean, how how much? how meta can you get and then dewey's like how meta can you get and she's like i don't know i heard one of the kids say it <laughs> but it's like i love that <laughs> and then it gets major points for uh, in my mind at least proving that it doesn't need the Sydney. lead mm -hmm. to be good we can do these without the main cast it's it's kind of sad but like i'm okay with it now like i'm a little bummed that sydney's not in scream six but I think I'll get over it. Honestly, yeah. I love her. And I kind of just want that character to have some fucking like calm times after like <laughs> yeah. getting stabbed every couple of years. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but but yeah, Scream 4, I think, was just a really good reboot for the franchise. And and now we're just in a really good place. I'm glad you really liked it. So next up, Scream 5. Which is just called Scream, FYI, for everyone. If you're Googling it, I think it's just all caps is the deal. <laughs> yeah scream 2022 <laughs> yeah it's they did the, they make fun of it in the movie that's why but yeah. they make fun of it like how every movie that's like a requel or whatever is literally just the same title as the original like halloween and then they're like they're like oh just call it fucking stab eight it's stab eight it's not the original stab and it's like the same fucking thing that they're doing <laughs> yeah i feel like once you get to a certain number uh, of sequels People start to be like, uh, I think it's safe to assume this is probably not going to be good. Or we could, I haven't seen all the other ones. So yeah, like... so you're like, Scream 5, which I guess, yeah, that's a good point. You could almost watch the new Scream and it kind of recaps all the stuff from the first few, mm -hmm. you know? So you, you could honestly start with the newest one first. I would never recommend that. That would be a crime against <laughs> humanity, but I guess you could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, well, I'm excited to watch it. I know that... Uh, Jen Ortega being added to the cast is a huge deal, so I'm excited to see that. Fuck yeah. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, The Babadook. It's an amazing meditation on motherhood and grief. <laughs> Isn't that a little fancy pants? Well, it's elevated horror. Uh, uh, what does that mean, elevated horror? You know, it's like scary, but with complex emotional and thematic underpinnings. It's not just some schlocky cheese ball nonsense with wall to wall jump scares. Hmm. That sounds kind of boring to me. Have you ever seen Stab? Scream 5 or Scream, you know, depending on what you want to call it. Scream in all caps. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so this is the fifth movie in the franchise. It is about 10 years after Scream 4. Renee, did you tell me that Kevin Williamson consulted on this? Yes, he did. He uh, There's two different writers for this movie. They wrote together, James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. Mm -hmm. uh, Guy Busick, I believe, also wrote Ready or Not. So he's worked with the directors, Radio Silence, Matt and Tyler. I can't say their last names, so I'm just going to say <laughs> Matt and Tyler, Radio Silence. We know who we're talking about. They um, and then the other writer, James Van Vanderbilt, wrote one of my favorite movies of all time, Zodiac, the screenplay. Mm. So I was like, oh, boy, I'm excited for it. And uh, I guess they said that they brought him in to consult because they are like huge Scream fans. And Kevin mm -hmm. Williamson said that out of all of the script, um, 
he said that the Billy concept of like uh, Sam's character, Samantha, seeing Billy, her dead father, he said that that was the only part of the script that didn't feel like a scream movie. And but he said that's exactly why they should do it. And so I was like, cool, I like that. He's still like, yeah, let's fucking try new shit. Yeah. And I think that's it. It is kind of though in the thing. I mean, maybe he just doesn't count Scream Three because he wasn't a part of it. You know, mm-hmm. Kevin Williamson obviously didn't write that. So it is kind of like Sydney seeing her dead mom, though. So it's kind of canon. Yeah. I mean, visions at least. That part is kind of weird, just in the sense that she never knew her dad. So he's she's literally like creating this own idea of what he was and then seeing hallucinations of it. But I figured it was more of just a, I don't know, projection kind of thing rather than like a literal haunted by ghosts oh it, they're not thing. ghosts in either scenario sorry i did not want to bring ghosts into this i mean like they're just having visions obviously it's like ptsd probably for sydney but for her it's like she's taking those anti uh, sam's taking antipsychotics the whole movie so yeah yeah, yeah. you know i think it, it kind of like lines up with that and also that's like been a huge part of her life and identity this isn't like a huge spoiler i know we're like jumping <laughs> right into that but they do give you that like pretty early in the movie, yeah, right? Yeah. You see, I think you see Billy. Yeah. Like, in the mirror. Less than 10 minutes in. Yeah. And you're you like, know. okay, that's interesting. So like, what did you think of that? Just as a first time watcher. I was totally surprised. I had no clue that he was going to be in. Cause I feel like they haven't even said Billy's name since the, f- since the first one. Oh, maybe no, the, maybe they the fourth always one. say Billy. It's Billy. always about Billy Loomis. Everyone, you know, everyone always forgets Stu Mocker and yeah. all the other, and they always forget nobody talks about Joel from Scream 2. They talk about Billy's mother. But again, mm-hmm. it's like Billy and Billy's mother are the only two. No one mentions Roman ever. It's like, let's just pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? So this well, is like, I feel like that's the only one that they reference. But it was interesting. I never thought he'd be in another Scream movie. Yeah, well, I think the reason that they don't mention Joel from Scream 2 or Timothy Oliphant, because I totally forgot his name was Joel. I think the reason they don't mention Joel ever is because the movie barely mentions him in his own movie. Scream 2 is barely in it. That's the Uh, thing. A lot of these killers, you got to have you can only mention Billy's the most memorable, right? mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's the that's the one everyone thinks of. And then if not, like, yeah, Billy's mom. Mm -hmm. So I was going to ask you. So. Can you help me understand kind of the timeline? So Billy is Sam's dad. And so Sam's mom, Billy hooked up with her in high school. In high school. While he was, was with this, Sydney. Oh, this is while he was with Sydney. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. I mean, for me, it's like 25 years ago. But for you, it's like, you know, just a couple of weeks. But in <laughs> Scream 1, they talk about how it's like a plot point of their relationship that they haven't had sex or that like, because her mom died and it's been a year. So Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that like, that means he was like hooking up with this chick on the side and this chick also had a boyfriend. Well, okay. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, their mom, I just remember from scream Billy saying that he had sex with Sydney's mom, you know, the unconsensual Mm -hmm. kind. And I was like, wait a second. Was he just going around town doing yeah. his thing? But yeah, anyways. <laughs> I mean, he was a fucking serial killer, so I wouldn't be surprised if he fucked a few bitches on, along <laughs> the way. I mean, you know, would it be that insane after killing all those people? I don't know. 
I mean, I feel like uh, Stu has got to have a bunch of kids running around. Stu is a, just manic. I, I, feel- <laughs> I mean, they do kind of, I don't know if you caught the connection here, but like his nephew is in this movie and yeah. you're like, wait a minute. And also, first off, other connection there, Kyle Gallner plays Stu's nephew, the, the dude at the bar mm-hmm. who gets stabbed in the neck. I love that sequence. Yeah. And he is also the guy, the detective from Smile from this past year. Oh. Yeah. He pops he, up he randomly familiar. in horror, and I love him. He's amazing yeah. every time. Yeah, this movie connects to this movie connects to every movie. It's the only scream that is actually mentioned every other movie. I think it's <laughs> a little bit because I think the big reason for that is obviously it's been a while, and it's also the not the original team who made mm-hmm. all the original screams, like. You know, most other franchises, they kind of pass the reins and different directors come in and different teams of writers and whatever. But Mm -hmm. like a lot of the same people worked on the first four screams with Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson. So it's like a huge thing. I think they were like, I love all the Easter eggs. There's a million of them. But I think that they're just it's they're paying homage to Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street, like a bunch of really cool things. And I love that. Yeah. Well, Renee, I I, got to tell you, I think I totally understand why kevin williamson decided to work on sick he he met these guys radio silence and the writing team he met them he's like screams in good hands yeah this movie was incredible right i was shocked (laughs) after like the first four having such a high quality too you're like how can this these people who have never even attempted it i mean the whole reason that nev campbell even came back for this movie was because the directors, Matt and Tyler, they wrote a personal letter to her about how the screen movies and Wes Craven and all this stuff is like the reason that they make movies and how they wanted to like honor his memory. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll, we'll talk about that because there's even a character in this movie named Wes for Wes Craven. I feel like there was multiple Wes's dropped throughout the entire movie. And then also at the end for Wes. Yes. Well, so Wes is the, the character with the blonde hair, the... Yep deputy judy now she's back it's like yeah. they bring everyone back you know if they recognize all the movies they think that's so cool because i love them each in their own way judy must have gotten uh married or something between three and this one because she was ready Four, to mean. like oh yeah well she was ready to like ruin dewey's marriage yeah in was. the last one so maybe she was recently divorced in that one we don't know i don't know i mean dewey was single dewey was ready to mingle <laughs> yeah but he was still married in that one this one not oh, so i'm talking about this one. Oh, yeah well we'll get to that but yeah <laughs> but yeah i think like that's what's great about it is like bringing all those characters back but i'm just really glad that you really liked it because i think it's like i was most curious just having watched all of them in a row like what your take would be like jumping yeah. right into this one yeah and so i'm glad to know that it hits i mean that there's a reason this movie like broke records and <laughs> is like super popular and why they greenlit a sequel immediately. Well, I, on our most recent podcast, I said that, you know, I'm ready for scream six. Don't even need scream five. Let's just do it. You're like, no, you need to see scream five. Yeah. You were right. I needed to see scream five. Now I'm hyped. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm telling you, man, I think like they did it the best way possible. And I love that that's like actually, I mean, the movie is so meta because what they did with 
the, the new Scream movie is literally what they talk about of like what the the killer's trying to do is make a requel. And mm-hmm. like they made the perfect fucking requel in yeah. the sense that they were even making fun of it. Incredible. <laughs> I wanted to ask you like, you know, because my favorite part of these movies is how they reflect our times. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but no, I was curious what you thought, especially because they talk about it right at the beginning. But I love the skewering of elevated horror mm-hmm. because that's like I that was just something that I was like, man, that just hits perfectly right now. <laughs> yeah. Like the opening bit when she's like, ask me about the witch. <laughs> yeah. It follows, it follows. hereditary. <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? The Babadook. It's like, God, come on. And I love it. he's like, elevated horror. Isn't that a little fancy pants? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it fucking is. It's like, that's what I love about this movie is that like the relevancy to like, just so like, you know, I don't know what Scream 6 is going to be about, but maybe some like wild ass old naked people. Cause I feel like that's everywhere in horror this year. <laughs> so like maybe they'll have, but how is Ghostface going to replicate that? I just don't know. I thought this movie was, in a way, it was like overly meta, but mm-hmm. I still was really into it. Like the whole movie was incredibly meta. <laughs> like the entire time. I actually get why they call it Scream and not Scream 5, because it's essentially the first Scream movie just totally redone. Yeah. But not in like a cheaper or yeah. you know, lazy kind of way. You it's know? like Top Gun Maverick, man. <laughs> taking Except- what we liked about the original and then just expanding on it and making it like with a new group of younger characters that can take over the mantle we don't need tom cruise in this one <laughs> he doesn't need to keep coming back because we got god knows he's not leaving well, that franchise i will tell you what um this movie was a much better requel than top gun maverick because this movie one thing they did is they actually brought in a new younger cast lifted that whole cast up Mm-hmm. And now we're ready for them in the next one. The legacy characters, they were supporting characters. And Top Gun is not going on without Tom Cruise. Exactly. Like, he's he was the main character in that movie, also. It's literally <laughs> called Maverick. Okay. Yeah. Like there's no he was like, my name's in the fucking movie, okay? <laughs> like there's just no way. All right. Well, I was gonna say, yeah, the opening. Let's just go ahead and talk about yes. the opening. Okay, cool. That was where I was gonna go. I just yeah. Perfect. Jenna Ortega, baby. How scared on like a scale of one to 10 were you? That's what I wanted to ask. Like when you saw she was the fucking opening scene with the phone, were you like, oh my God, no. Are they killing Jenna Ortega? I was kind of freaking out a little bit because I'm like, (laughs) have I been lying to myself and telling myself that she's in the next one? Because like, is she going to die in the opening thing? They always die in the opening one. And she gets fucked up in this. Dude, they ready or not her with the hand and the fucking knife through it. Like, just like in ready or not with the hand on the nail. That always gets me. And then when he stomps her leg. Oh, God. Yeah, it's so brutal, man. That little girl. I'm like, she's so tiny. Stop. (laughs) Like, he's like stabbing her like over and over. You're like, okay, she's fucking dead. (laughs) Like, she looks dead by the end of it. You're like, this girl's going to die. Yeah, this is the most savage ghost face you've ever seen. Which is, I also think, great about it because it's different. He's most savage. Like, I feel like less goofy and, like, tripping, falling like a normal person. It's, like, way more, like, efficient, too. There's, like, the biggest complaint people have about this movie is that there's no chase sequences, which they feel like is a big thing with Scream. But I think that, like, the way that they do, like, like they flip that whole thing 
Like the first scene is, I guess, the closest we really get to like a big chase. Mm-hmm. But I think the way that they flip it and like kind of use it against you is perfect. Yeah, I, I don't think there's really been a big chase scene since the second one. I yeah. don't know, like, I feel like the chases have gotten shorter and shorter. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're you not know? that ex- exciting anymore. Like, after a certain, I mean, I've always loved, I mean, I'll I'll watch a good chase sequence all day. I love the one, and I know what you did last summer with Sarah Michelle mm-hmm. Gellar, because you're like, it's fucking Buffy, and she's like, she can take anybody. She's like almost to like safety. It's such a long sequence. And then she like, you're always like, it's so good that every time I'm like, she's going to make it this time, you know, like it's yeah. that good. And then she gets killed. It sucks. But like that, let's do another one. If you want a classic Kevin Williams from chase scene, just go watch sick. That whole movie is a chase scene. That is true. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So I, I don't care. Apparently uh, Jenna Ortega did say that scream six will have more chase sequences and a lot more gore and like blood and like crazy shit but i think uh like what i love is like especially the sequence where um with the what's his face kid the blonde wes yeah. we're just talking about wes and he's like out of the shower and he's like walking around the house and like they do so many fake outs yeah of like ghost face gonna be right there and i just thought the balls on these people i loved <laughs> yeah. that so much because it went on for a while apparently it went on even longer originally Mm-hmm. I was like, that was just so expertly done. I was laughing in the theater because I was like, I'm so nervous. I'm nervous laughing right now, but like, it is amazing that they're making me feel that way. Sorry, I want to go back to the opening. No, yeah, okay, that was just a side point. I thought the opening was brilliant because it was like the, it was like a perfect adaptation of the original opening. Mm-hmm. Like he calls, they talk about their favorite scary movies. It's updated to the elevated horror thing, you know, to this generation. And then um, she gets the answer wrong. She get yeah. They do the trivia. I thought it was really fun that the trivia was on the stab franchise. Yep. <laughs> like God, the stab the stab franchise idea to have all the sequels be related to the previous movie. I'm like, this is that's just brilliant. They can just have so much fun with it. I know you've mentioned that several times, and now I get it. There's uh, internet sleuths who have like freeze framed that and like figured out like what actors are listed when she scrolls through mm-hmm. and all i remember seeing was that like vince vaughn played Stu in the movie which yeah. i thought was really funny and uh i don't remember what other ones there's like a billion but you can look them all up oh, yeah it has the whole imdb i yeah, saw like luke wilson Heather yeah. graham like it, it was all of you them. see so they actually like casted some of those or like wrote down i guess like some of those might have been like older like ideas mm-hmm. back when they were maybe going to show a scene from a stab movie. So I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. And then I thought it was a great idea to incorporate smart home technology. Did into you love it. that with the locking and unlocking? Yeah. That was freaky. Yeah, it was it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. Where do you rank it? Um, I, I actually think I'm, I'm going to put it number two. Wow. Yeah, I thought it was just so well done and so smart that I was just really impressed with it. I loved it. So yeah, it's the first Scream, then Scream 2022, then uh, Scream 2 with the theater, Scream 4, and then Scream 3. Mm -hmm. I agree. Scream 3 is at the bottom. Yeah. (laughs) I like this one a lot, though, but I think I go like Scream 4, Scream, Scream 5, Scream 2, Scream 3. I would maybe put this up there above the, I don't know. I might put it at number one. I'm not sure. I, I think the original always just stays there though. Well, so. I think, I think this movie, this opening and also this whole movie is, is elevated 
because of how how great they tie it to the first one mm-hmm. you know, they tie it to all of them um but this movie is perfect in the sense of someone who's never seen scream they could come here start with this watch right? this and i thought this was really interesting in that this movie actually made me want to go back and watch the first one which yeah. i think a lot of requels don't do very well no you know exactly yeah if they capture the like i don't know if they're able to like this one just proved a point as to why we were ready for like a brand new scream franchise Mm -hmm. like i just felt like these guys really like made a point to show us right away from the opening like okay everything you like about scream we get it you know we're gonna do that but then we're gonna like change some shit we're gonna do it our way and have fun with it but also tribute and i love like I like uh, even just the opening where it's like the guy's pretending to be a normal dude calling for her mom, like from mm-hmm. group. And you're like, this is like such a weird approach for Ghostface. I've never seen them do that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, well, and it's it's very apparent that these guys love the Scream franchise. Yes. Like it is apparent that they love it. I mean, even I loved the opening line or um, in the opening when uh, Jenna Ortega is talking to him and he's like, have you seen the original stab? It's like, no, I wasn't even born yet. It was like, it was like from the 90s. They're like, yeah, don't they all have like weird hair? Like overly, <laughs> it's like overlit. <laughs> it's like the, the hair is bizarre. And I'm like, that's what I, I'm saying. The I fact that, that they so can much. comment, like they can literally comment on everything that they've done and like make fun of it is incredible. There's mm. nothing like it. You know, I guess maybe scary movie, but they haven't even gotten that. They make fun of other <laughs> things. Like these guys are like, we get it. We know that they're scary movie. They're a level above it though, because they're still able. I think this movie, especially like four and three or sorry, four and five really turned it into like Ghostface being scary again, Mm -hmm. which I think was a big thing missing from especially Scream 3. Yeah. I just felt like I didn't really care. (laughs) Ghostface was whatever. So I think especially in this one, like the fact that Ghostface is efficient doesn't wait for people most of the time to even see him like the guy in the car right behind him. I was like, (laughs) oh, my God, that was a great sequence. And the music cue there. Oh my God, I swear to God, I'm like, I'm gonna have to change my pants just thinking about it. <laughs> well, and then another thing that they did with this movie that is incredible is they actually made me like Dewey. I told you, did I not tell you? I told Dewey, you. Dewey was was a real person in this movie. <laughs> tell me you didn't like we Nolan and I think it's the funniest thing in the world is when they're like going through all the suspects and then uh Wes that kid's like well what about Dewey over here and he's like what about me like what's my motive and he's like let's see you your famous wife left you you got fired from the from sheriff you crawled into a bottle you've been stabbed like a million times I think it's safe to say you're on the suspect list and then David Arquette's like well maybe you're the killer because that cut deep <laughs> like that and the delivery is perfection i laughed so fucking hard i still do every time it's so good i loved it when jack quaid called him uh like shitty dirt. sam elliott yeah shitty sam elliott <laughs> i love at the end too when he's like at the end when he says uh he's like you should have listened to dewey he called it on one <laughs> and i'm like i think that's the first time in the franchise where anyone's ever said you should have listened to Dewey. So yeah. I, I'm proud. I don't know if we want to get into Dewey of it all yet, but maybe we want to talk about the other characters first. No, let's talk about Dewey while we're here. Okay. 
Dewey um, and I, Gale kind of. <laughs> since you since you brought up uh, his rules, Dewey's rules are stupid. <laughs> Obviously, but, <laughs> but however, they but are he, accurate. But like, he was telling his rules from the from his perspective. I've gone through this four times, and his rules are wrong in hindsight. Like the first rule of never trust the love interest. It's literally only the first movie. <laughs> yeah, but you should still never trust him. <laughs> Second movie, the love interest dies. Yeah, it's that's true. Straight up murdered. The third one, there is there no is love no, interest yeah. until the very end. Fourth one, no love interest. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> all right, so this is your hindsight. Dewey's skills. like, I've only seen the first one. Okay, that's the only one I can remember. But yeah, he does say that. That doesn't count. I also like his second rule. He said the killer's motives are always connected to the past. They are. They are, but I was like, it's pretty vague. I'm I'm pretty sure most killers have s- some sort of motive connected to the past. <laughs> like, that's not a profound statement. And then the third one, the killer is a part of the first victim's friend group. I was like, okay, that's mostly right. So the first yeah. two, I'm like, your 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 history does not support those rules. <laughs> but whatever. He, he's like kind of generalizing, basically. It's like he barely remembers any of these things. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been stabbed, as he says, nine times, I think. And he's also drunk all the time. I'd forgive him if these rules. He's not Randy. He's trying to be Randy, but he's <laughs> yeah. not. Like literally Randy's niece and nephew in this movie, especially the niece. She fucking nails it. Mindy. I love her. Oh, yeah. She was great. I mean, I I think this movie could have been called Scream the Rules. The rules are like the biggest plot point of this entire movie. Like they're brought up so much. That's what you think about with these movies, though. That's my favorite part is the different rules each time and how to survive a movie is always the thing. So, well, and that's one of the, I, yeah, and I'm not saying that in a bad way because, yeah, like it's very, um, Watching it now, or having rewatched them, you know, just recently or for the first time, you know, they always explain the rules. And now that there's been such a gap and everyone loves these movies, like the rules are everyone's favorite scenes in all Mm -hmm. the movies. And so it was really smart for them to have the rules be talked about so much in this. And you have all the different experts, and it was very fun. I enjoyed it. And Mindy's great because she gets it right. And she's like, I mean, she gets it right. Whereas like the killers in this movie are doing a requel and they want Sam to be the villain because she's Mm. the daughter of Billy Loomis. And it's like, they're like, it's like she nails that too. Just the first time. Mm -hmm. I I do think like in general, the cast in this movie is better overall than four. Like I enjoy four and I think the young kids, they got great cast, but I think that's just because they were just a step up. (laughs) <laughs> from oh, like the, you know they, they it could have been a lot worse i've seen worse in like movies with young teenagers so this one i feel like they just elevated it in every character i felt like i knew who each character was yeah i liked all the all the kids all the new people in this one in mm-hmm. the last one i am only going to remember uh emma roberts and hayden panettiere fuck yeah kirby yeah <laughs> but like i'm definitely gonna forget that rory colkin was in it yeah you know but everyone he's, in this was everyone really agrees good. he's the worst ghost face, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Emma Roberts makes up for it. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't matter. But but that's it's again, he's probably just got the Stu Mocker thing where everyone forgets. But I love how they have people still connected to the original plot. And I did love that they actually bring fucking uh Randy's sister back. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was great. I see. It's like the first movie to reference Scream 3. Like, guys, it's not that bad. Okay, let's, you know, we'll work it in. I think it works, right? Yeah, I was I was surprised to see her. I was surprised to see uh, Blonde Detective, Deputy Hicks. That was mm, yeah, I like her. I thought her response when he's like, what's your favorite scary movie? And she's like, I prefer animated films and musicals. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's great. <laughs> So I want to go back to Dewey. He yeah. has a, he has a great moment with uh, with Gail. Yes. I mean he he's kind of a creeper because he's watching her news from his trailer and uh, you know just being a little obsessive. But it's kind of like I feel like real life. Like I'm like I wonder if this is like because you know obviously their scene when they reunite in this movie I think is pretty emotional. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just like behind the scenes fact was that that scene like led to a lot of tears that like they did one particular take. They said that it was like really emotional. And they said afterwards they were like, that one was definitely like just for us, but like, we'll get the next one for the movie. Cause like they were like actually like kind of feeling like working out their own issues and like things that they voice. So I kind of felt like it was like real life. Like, is this how David Arquette, like he just like, I couldn't hack it. And then yeah. she's like, it's okay. Like, I don't know. I was like, shit. Did this fucking, how did they know this? Did the writers know this shit? Or did they just go, we'll tell you what happened? Because <laughs> they got they got divorced right around Scream 4, right? So They this separated is... right before filming Scream 4. And then they divorced after that. Yeah. yeah. And then this is like 10 years after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that scene was emotional. And I mean, I, their entire relationship is is toxic from the beginning because it's all just yeah. trauma bonding you know they, they they only love each other when people are dying around them that's why in scream four is like they were married but they didn't like each other the whole movie it seemed like <laughs> exactly well plus he was like probably sleeping with hicks let's just i mean if he really liked those lemon squares that's all I <laughs> um i did i i did kind of like feel bad that hicks had to die but i i mean as much as i thought i would hate her i kind of ended up loving her a little bit <laughs> yeah she was funny and then, you know, I'm glad Dewey got that scene because, God, yep. does he get annihilated. He gets destroyed. Like, I think they did that on purpose because he's been stabbed so many times and, like, really badly that you're like, oh, he's dead for sure. And then he makes it out somehow. They're like, we're, like, skewer. We're, like, stabbing him and then pulling the knives up on yeah. both sides. They're like, okay, so he's definitely dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's was- no coming back from that. I think I texted you and I was like, if he is alive, I'm not seeing Scream 6. I'm out. <laughs> like, okay, I'm willing to play with this, but like that's a little bit too far. That that kill was gnarly. And then, yeah, it goes back to Ghostface. He stabs everyone like a minimum of five times. <laughs> uh, yeah, he literally like really, this Ghostface is just efficient. How did you feel about Dewey going back for the headshot? Because that's been a debated topic amongst some people. I think it finally makes sense. And he's been dumb about things like this for every fucking movie. It makes sense that he would do that. I do like that he gets interrupted right when he's about to shoot. So it gives a little bit yeah. of leeway. But I do feel like like people were kind of annoyed by that. But I kind of feel like it fits. Well, I mean... It made sense to me because Dewey's been making dumb decisions the entire franchise. So he's like, literally a dumb cop. Like, <laughs> like the fact he doesn't the, know what he's doing. The fact that he would shoot them, then they're concussed against the wall, and then he walks away. I'm like, yeah, that's that's Dewey. You know, like 
I mean, the first thing I thought of was like, you knocked him out, take the mask off or shoot him. But yeah, do something. Dewey will do. I know. That's just how I kind of think about it. I know. It was like, I, I just felt like that really was like another cool thing because as a requel, like even one of the killers later says, because our movie has fucking stakes. And it's like, like Dewey died. You know, that's like a main character. That's like a big thing to happen and bring like it. I mean, literally, they do that in all the requels now. I mean, fucking Han Solo dies in Rise of the Skywalker. Or sorry, not Rise of Skywalker. What's the first one? Force Awakens. Yeah. Well, if only Tom Cruise would have died in Maverick. He will never. That. That's what I'm saying. He, it's not a requel. It's like a sequel for him, you know. But but yeah, it's like it's crazy to me that they killed Dewey off. But I feel like it kind of made sense for the movie. And yeah. again, it's a lot of the passing of the torch. Although mm. Gail will be in in Scream Six, so that's good. Oh, she's dying for sure. But we we'll save we'll save our theories at, for the end. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the killers. Yes. Okay. Cool. What'd you think? Were you surprised? I love Randy Quaid. You mean first off, don't say that. Randy Quaid jo- oh, is like Jack, his crazy Jack- brother. Jack Quaid. <laughs> Jack Quaid. Randy Quaid is like his crazy brother. He's like aliens abduct me and like all this. Stuff. Like he's just insane. Why did I type Randy Quaid in my notes? <laughs> Maybe because like Randy's I must have been also watching in Scream. One of the Randy's you know mentions. I don't know. I, I mean, love they Jack talk Quaid. about Randy a lot. So yeah. I love Jack Quaid. Love him me from too. the boys. I hadn't seen the boys when I saw this, so I fell in love with him in, for the first time in this movie. He was really good because he he. It did not seem like he was going to be the killer. Finally, the boyfriend, the love interest, who supposedly is like, who is the killer. It's like what Billy should have been in yes. the original kind of, yes. right? It was like new and improved Billy. Yeah. Because he really didn't seem like the killer. I mean, he is like, he's even goes so far as to be like, I've never seen Stab and like all this other stuff. I even bonded with him a little bit throughout the movie because he's like, I've never seen Stab. I'm like, that was me couple, couple months ago, ago. <laughs> yeah literally this is all brand new to you too and he's like watching the videos and shit he's like i agree i think he's like number five is where this all goes off the rails <laughs> which is even more meta but um matthew lillard apparently who played Stu in the mm. original he voiced he did the voice of the guy the the ghost face with the flamethrower in the video he's like <laughs> like he says something and like they i'll tell you later when we get to like the party sequence but there's more fun facts like that i also felt a little weird when he was watching the reviews of the stab movies i'm like i'm watching this so i can do a review i feel called out a little bit (laughs) it was literally they're like why are you calling it stab it's stab eight just call it stab eight (laughs) literally like what people were saying about scream they're like why are you calling it scream call it fucking scream five same with halloween it's like what's the deal (laughs) so but yeah he was he was great i you weren't surprised though as much or you were um i was a little surprised but because it goes on for a while that you're like okay he's definitely not the killer like by the time one killer reveals yeah, I think the reason I wasn't totally surprised was because of how much Billy was talked about mm. throughout the movie. You know, like yeah. like Billy, like is Billy's daughter, the you see Billy. Karma to have it happen to her. Talking about the love interest. It was like they were it was kind of like they were saying a lot of things, like kind of pointing at him. So I didn't think it was him, but I wasn't that surprised when I saw that it was him. Mm-hmm. But it didn't take away from how much I enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I I was actually very I was really disappointed because I was like, there's no I can't be. I loved him in this movie. I thought he was so great, and I just loved his character. I thought he was a good guy. I thought he was like Derek, the boyfriend from the second one. Yeah, you know, and you're like, oh, that guy's just a nice guy. Like it's not <laughs> his fault, you know. And so I was like, definitely bummed. I, however, I knew it was Amber, the chick, the crazy chick from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She was one of the Manson family. Oh yeah, Pat- yeah, yeah at the end and she gets torched by Leo with the flamethrower and they set her on fire in this movie too. I'm like wondering <laughs> if it's part of her contract now, but they it's said, I guess they said that they didn't, they hadn't seen obviously like when they've made this movie, like they didn't know about once about time in Hollywood having filmed that. So I thought that yeah. was pretty funny. So how did you know she was the killer? Cause when they revealed that I was like, I feel like I've been pretty close to guessing who the killer is in most of the movies. The other killer, I, I have no clue. But so how did you know she was the killer? Or were you just calling your shot? I was just calling my shot because I, <laughs> I knew her. And she. I was like, okay, she's like trying to tone it down. But like she's she is like a crazy bitch. Like I know <laughs> it. I remember her so clearly. She was so like insane. And she played that so well that I was like, they're not going to not ever do this. Like, I don't think she can play normal. Like, I think she's always going to be extra. And I was right. So I was yeah. pretty happy about that. I mean, the fact that she just comes out and she's like, like, fucking shoots that girl in the face. Like, welcome to act three. It's like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Especially just like, it comes out of nowhere. But also I was like, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah, I knew it. And I, you were surprised, really? A little bit. I mean, I had no clue who who the second killer is. I usually don't know who the second killer is. As great as the killers were, the the thing I did not expect was how much I loved their motivation for everything. Yeah, the whole like what movie they're making, their whole reason why. That's always, you know, sometimes it's flimsy, sometimes it's perfect. Like every movie prior to this, the killing, the killers have connected back to Sydney on, on some direct level. Mm-hmm. And the idea to make the killer's motivation be to to literally reboot the stab franchise <laughs> and they're like the best stab movies are the ones based off real events i was yep. like this is a reboot rebooting a fictional reboot like yeah. what is go- <laughs> what is going on <laughs> honestly is that not like incredibly like okay i feel like this could happen cuz the fans are like the snyder fans they're still oh, trying yeah. to make that shit happen. They would fucking murder. I mean, if those movies were all about murder, I'd be I'd be stressed. I'd be worried. They're going to be recreating that shit. Nobody's done that. And there's no crazy like, I mean, I'm sure there's crazy horror fans, but <laughs> nobody's tried to recreate or like make a sequel to a movie in real life and then have a good movie based on it. It's incredible. It explains everything in the movie too, why it all go, goes back to the original. And I think that's like this really starts once you get especially like the, the twist that it's Stu's house from mm-hmm. the original and they pull back. Did you realize that it was before that? Right before they they revealed that I was like, that staircase looks familiar. Mm-hmm. And then like, yeah, they start pulling back like, oh, nice. they, they literally are just redoing the first movie. I was kind of surprised that like Scream 4 takes place in Woodsboro and like they didn't go to any of the houses from the original. I was like curious i thought that that might be something that you'd want to throw in maybe because this one's like an homage to everything that's yeah. why they went back and literally like the same house and that's why i love that sydney's like you might be the most derivative one of all i mean <laughs> jesus the same fucking house <laughs> but it's like that's why they're just crazy 
fans. And that's why I think I've quoted this to you multiple times before we watch this, but Jack Quaid saying like, how can tan- how can fandom be toxic? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's about love. And he looks so insane. But it's like, that's fucking those people. They exist. It's almost like misery. Like fucking Kathy Bates and misery yeah. are the killers in this movie. Almost. Yeah. Right? Totally. Oh, yeah. They're that's trying good... to make fan fiction a real thing. That's a good parallel. Yeah. It's basically like, let's take those killers. They're trying to recreate it. I think... I do think like Kevin Williamson, one of his previous ideas for Scream 3 had to do with like teenagers being in on it or like stab movie fans. So I wonder if that was a little inspiration, but I mm-hmm. think it's like incredible. It, it feels like how Glass Onion felt so relevant, like coming out right when Elon Musk was doing all the same <laughs> shit that Edward Norton does in that movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like it was just so perfect. It felt so like of the time. This movie really reflects crazy fandom right now because it's insane out there. It, the whole reveal is just layers on layers. Like it's, it's inception level. Yeah. Like a dream within a dream within a dream. <laughs> Literally. Like it's so funny though, but I'm like, fans are crazy enough to be like, fuck it. We'll make our own movie. I mean, they're basically trying to rewrite shit by telling the studios what they want. You know, yeah. that's when this happens though, that's why we get fucking rise of Skywalker. So let's not let this become a thing. Right. Yeah. I think we can all totally. agree. That's not what we want. Totally. <laughs> I had a similar feeling watching Scream 5, watching this trailer, and then also watching X. Jenna Ortega just looks like a baby. She looks like she's 13. And just like in X, I'm like, are we about to see a a child-looking adult have sex? I'm like, is this going to be child murder? Like, I can't watch this. Yeah. Ah, this has an extra layer of weird. I mean, I feel like they were especially brutal to her character in five. I mean, after the brutal opening scene, you get the wheelchair scene and the fifth. Like, isn't she a badass in Scream? Like, literally, like, she gets fucked up in every scene we see her in almost. And then she still is fucking, like, shooting people at the end and hitting them with her crutches. Uh, she gets the, she gets the most shots in on Ghostface, so that's what I'm saying. I I think Janet Ortega. They're like, man, I I almost feel like she should have been the star of this series. I don't know if she would leave this for Wednesday. I feel like she could probably do both because I believe uh, they're supposed to be doing a trilogy with these new movies, is what they said. I hope so. I mean, I don't. Know. I she's really good. I love the what's um what's the the leads. Oh, you yeah. I was gonna ask you, uh, Melissa Barrera. If you, no, like lo- Samantha, if you like Sam. I loved her. You did? Good. Yeah. I did I too. I thought she was great. I like the idea of her struggling with like, like, I think it's my favorite of like eliminating the villain at the end when she just stabs the shit out of Jack Quaid. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, like she is like the daughter of a fucking serial killer seeing her go crazy. Cause like, I mean, I love Nev Campbell, but they do maybe a double tap. They'll shoot him in the head. <laughs> She's not fucking stabbing everybody like fucking, oh, oh, it feels so good, you know? That's what's cool. It's an interesting thing for her to struggle with going forward. That was my last note that I had when I was watching when she does all the stabs at the end. Yeah. I was ready for a reveal that she was a secret third partner. Ghostface. Like she stabs she stabs Jack Quaid the same way that Ghostface stabs everyone the entire movie. I'm like, has she been the killer the whole time and she actually just betrayed? Jack right? Wade. You never I was know. Like, I was ready for it and then mm-hmm. it didn't happen, but I was like, oh. Well, you never know. I mean, Scream 3 tried to go back and change the original, so they could always do that at some point. Not that we recommend it. Obviously, nobody cares about Roman. <laughs> That's the deal. Like, no one cares about that. So 
as long as we don't fuck with the original. <laughs> screen you know? three, screen three should just be called doing too much. <laughs> doing way too much and not enough of it still. <laughs> too much, but not enough good. Well, I remember um, when we talked about Scream 4, I said one of the things that made that movie my favorite was it proved that it did not need to rely on Nev Campbell to continue like the success of the of the story. Yeah. And this movie essentially is just like Kevin Williamson, I hear you. I got the torch. We're going from here. Like they've the killer is now not di- directly involved yeah. with Sydney. Now they can move forward and who knows what they can do now. Like yeah. They're moving Ghostface to New York. Like I have That's no a clue. Huge change. No clue what is going on with Scream 6. So before we jump over and do some Scream 6 theories, um my ranking on this one. Overall, I have to put this and the and Scream 4 at the top. Mhm. Agreed. I think I would probably rewatch this more than Scream 4, but I did love Scream 4. Yeah. I thought <laughs> honestly, I rewatch one of them, I go through the whole series. They're great. <laughs> having watched all of them now, mm-hmm. I think of the original trilly trilogy. Trilly. Yeah. The original trilly being one, two, and four. Yeah. Three should have been just like a weird prequel that came out at some any given point. Yeah, I mean, it's the bastard child of the franchise. I think we can all agree. And that's why even, I mean, the villain in that movie is a bastard son. So it fits. (laughs) So yeah, one, three, four. And then I I feel like this, Scream 5, it is like the perfect next thing. Like Mm -hmm. I can can be like, all right, this is where the new thing starts. And it's its own thing now. It yeah. could be something beyond like just keeping I mean, because the fourth one tests it out, but it's still like Sydney ends the movie by saying, like, you don't fuck with the original because they're trying to remake it, mm-hmm. right? This is different. And that's why I think it works better. Cause it's hard to like go, we're gonna remake it and do the same kind of thing, but just like with more gore or whatever, you know, different kids. And and yeah. they do they do a lot different in Scream Four, but I think just with nowadays, a re- if a requel's done right, it can be really successful because nostalgia's a fucking powerful drug. Yeah, we well, all love it, and you well, don't even have that. So it's fascinating that you're like, I love that you're in on Scream Five now. Yeah, it's been fun watching all the other ones because they're like little time capsules, as we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And now this is the first one that's like, oh yeah, you know the it's modern. You can tell yeah. that it's modern. Like technology's all there. They do a lot of good upgrades with the tech in this movie. Yeah, like Scream 4 felt modern, except for that weird glow that all the colors had that we talked about. (laughs) The glossy, (laughs) yeah. yeah. The Vaseline effect. I'll I'll go ahead and say it. I think this one's my favorite. Yeah, me too. I mean, overall, I think 4, but 5 is like, I I think it's just, I love it so much for rewatchability and the fact that it's the only one not by Wes Craven, but it feels like a screen movie it really just fits yeah and and i feel like this is a very rare requel in that i could have started with this one mm-hmm. and i would be intrigued of how did we get here like it's not just nostalgia yeah like, that's the cool thing it talks about the the old ones and it even like frames them in the right context of like this first one's back from the 90s so yeah. it, it feels 
it looks weird. The hairstyles are weird. You're like, <laughs> like it frames the old ones. So if, like I went in and watched those ones first and I'm like, these feel old, you yeah. know, maybe mm-hmm. I should have started with scream five. <laughs> like, maybe. How, how did we get here? Who is Nev? Kid? Who, who is Sydney Prescott? Like, <laughs> God, can you imagine? No, you got to know Sydney. But that's like, I mean, you'd be like Jenna Ortega at the beginning of this one when she's like, Sydney Prescott, it's Sydney Prescott. And she's like, that should count when she gets it right. And he's like, she's the fucking main character. Okay, that doesn't <laughs> count. Everyone could know that, you know? Yeah. Of course. It's like, I love that this one just does pay homage. And that's why I really appreciate all the four West stuff. And at the party when they to- toast for Wes, um, they had all of like the people who played roles in every scream movie basically so they had like leave schreiber even they had um, fuck, um they had matthew lillard they had Ray, i'll just do character names but like <laughs> randy in there they had uh tatum aka rose mcgowan was like, luke wilson there was heather graham no, 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 not, the, not the stab <laughs> actors but like the act i think heather graham actually might have um but like yeah all of them recorded for Wes mm. so that when they did that like I just think that's really cool because everybody has talked about what the nicest guy he was and he made the scariest shit so yeah. I think that's Legend. this movie was made in the perfect way it really sets the gold standard for me of like a requel nowadays it succeeded where so many other franchises have failed like horror, yeah. horror franchises have failed trying to revitalize everything and I I think Scream arguably is the tallest order, you know, in terms of like rebooting a franchise because it's not the oldest one, but it definitely, I think, has the largest fandom. It does. It's like, I mean, I swear to God, I I had to mute Scream 6 on all my social accounts because people are just talking spoilers (laughs) and and like theories. And I'm excited, too. But like one of my favorite parts of these movies is watching it and it's like a whodunit, right? And you mm-hmm. never want to know that ahead of time. So I've had to mute it, but it's gotten just, I feel like Scream 5 really like invigorated the fan base. We're all about it. They're they're, they're all here coming out yeah. in droves for this movie. So I'm, I'm a little worried we're going to see Scream 6. Like I'm going to see it like the Thursday before it opens. So like, I hope I don't recreate like the opening to Scream 2, but... Well, you, you know, know, I probably would die in the opening scene. You know, <laughs> you know, they're feeling confident when they're calling it Scream Six. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they have to, right? Yeah. That's what, but I'm wondering, like, so the sixth movie in a franchise, typically that's like when the thing goes off the rails, they go to space, they go to wherever. Uh, I mean, I feel like five is when they go off the rails. Six, yeah. it's not even on the tracks anymore. Like it's, it's like straight to straight to video. It's like the train <laughs> crash from The Fugitive. It's just totally insane. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. We've got a lawyer and we execute him. Having watched all these movies just in the, the last couple weeks, rewatching the trailer for Scream 6 is very, very interesting because they're in New York, starts off with this whole convenience store killing thing. Ghostface blasts someone with a shotgun. First time we've ever seen him use a gun in, in costume. Mm-hmm. Really good. People were mad about that, weirdly. Like yeah. uh, every ghost face uses a gun. Okay. And it's not like he brought it. He took it from the guy in the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So calm down people. Well, the part of the trailer that 
is interesting but also kind of weird at the same time is the whole like shrine that somebody has with all the costumes it was very batman the bat cave mm-hmm. kind of looking thing i'm like why is this in new york what's going on can, can you help me understand yeah. i know you've done a lot more research because since we've been doing these i have intentionally not looked up anything about scream six because i don't want anything suggested to my feed i don't want any yeah. spoilers so i know i, I know you've it's been dangerous. on this for much longer than i have so fill me yeah in. I've only recently muted when I saw that apparently just be warned if you're looking shit up that somebody apparently leaked the ending Ghostface reveal. Like, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. Um, this movie, what's cool about it is that obviously it's in New York, but this Ghostface or go, I mean, I'm assuming it's multiple Ghostface, right? I think we can safely say that every time, except for this, the third one, which is the bastard <laughs> child, there's always multiple killers. It looks like a shrine and they have like like people have like screenshotted and like found all the things in there. So there's like Stu's like silk kimono that he wears during the party in the first movie. Tatum, the chick from the garage door, her outfits in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Jill's outfit from Scream 4 that she wears and she gets all bloody like her ending like the plaid shirt and stuff. And Billy's mom's like white jacket. Like I don't know how the fuck they have all this stuff or if it's like props from the stab movies or not. Um, and then they they have all these ghost face set up for each person, mm-hmm. like for each ghost face. So I don't know what the biggest theories are. But for me, I'm like, is this a cult of ghost face? Mm. Like a lot of them. I would be into that. Uh, there's like also some other trailer that shows that Kirby is involved because she's been tracking ghost face and she knows mm. that he's in New York. And I'm like. So where else has he been? Or is this like, you know what I mean? Like, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm excited. I think it sounds like could be a cult. Yeah, so Hayden Panettiere is back. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. So Kirby has been tracking this. That's what she says. Yeah, in the trailer, she's talking to the detectives. Okay, because when I saw that it was in New York and then watching Scream 5, the only connection to New York is that Gail moved to New York. So I wondered if, is Gail going to be the one who dies in the opening segment? And that's yeah. why they go to New York. But then I think they see her in. Yeah, they go to the shrine with her. Yeah. But she also is seen like investigating there alone in like some promo images they released. Also notable from the trailer. This is the first phone call that Ga- that Gail has ever received from Ghostface. Ghostface never has called her once. True. Interesting, right? That doesn't. Also, from the trailer, I mean, she's shooting them through the door. They come in anyways. They have the knife at her. I mean, it doesn't look good for Gail. I would Mm -hmm. hope they wouldn't kill her right after Dewey, but maybe they're like, we're going to kill one of them a movie. (laughs) You know? Like, that's why Sydney's not in it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious to see. I know. I think we all know that Nev Campbell didn't get paid enough to be in it. That's why she's not in it. But, you know, maybe that's how they're going to explain it. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see if they do have her die off screen. I feel like that. They would, wouldn't do that. I, I feel think like they that let would be weird. Be I mean, it makes sense for Nev Campbell to not be in the movie in some ways. Just like she they was, wrapped her up. Yeah, they wrapped up her whole thing. Like the first four movies are essentially the, the Sidney Prescott saga. Yeah. And then this is now going forward. Yeah. We don't need more closure. We've already had it. I think she yeah. can rest. Plus she was in Scream 5 for like 12 minutes. She like Yeah. Wonderful to see her. And yeah. I love her when she's like, 
I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course I have a gun, but I think she line. fucking deserves some peace. Let's let her be. You know, I, I do wish they would have paid Nev Campbell enough, mm-hmm. but I bet you it was probably another small part, if anything. Yeah. Like, I doubt that they were going to have her be like a lead, the killer or something. <laughs> yeah. It would be interesting <laughs> if they made her the killer, but then I also feel like that would maybe be obvious. So they wouldn't and it would maybe do that. negate all the rest of the movies, or you'd be like, I mean, maybe I get it after all that. Yeah, I was gonna say she's gone through a lot of stuff. Billy's daughter, I'll fuck you up, bitch. Because <laughs> to be fair, not only Billy, but Billy's mother also tried to kill her. So yeah, two for two out of that family. Let's see a third one. We'll see. I, I kind of looks like Sam's struggling with being the villain almost in the yeah. trailer. I don't know. What do you think? It it does kind of play that off. I'm more so curious, like at this point, I feel like anybody who watches this movie is going to suspect any new characters to be the killer, you know? Yeah. Well, like how, weirdly, how are they going to play with that to make mm-hmm. it not obvious? So there's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because there's two good, interesting points. First off, there's I don't know if you caught the little shot in the trailer. I've seen a picture of it everywhere, but people were like. It's like Jenna Ortega and it's like she's hanging, like holding on to her sister and like her smile looks like super evil. Mm. And everyone's like, oh, is she one of the killers? And she like orchestrated Scream 5. I'm like, I don't think she would have kicked her own ass that bad. Like, I mean, that was like she got fucked up. Or is it like that made her a villain? I don't really know. Um, But some people were saying there's like a bunch of people that were saying Tara's the part of the ghost faces. I don't know if I believe that. Samara Weaving is also in this movie. You barely see her. She's mm. wearing like a like long sleeve, like greenish yellow, something the color that Gail wears in the first movie. And you barely see her, but I'm so excited that she's reuniting with the Ready or Not directors and the mm-hmm. team. And her last name, her character name, I don't remember her first name, but I think her last name is Crane. And I don't, just nerd fact, but... <laughs> The lead character that Janet Lee plays in Psycho is named Marion Crane, and she dies 20 minutes in. And she's like a big, she was a big star, and that was a big shock, like the Drew Barrymore thing, right? So a lot of people are now like, oh, God, she's definitely dead. But then I'm like, I hope it's a red herring, and I hope Samara Weaving's one of the killers, because I would love to see her flip the table. I don't want to see her be the opening kill. I'll I'll be upset. (laughs) I'm worried about her mostly, more than any of the other cast. I love the rest of the cast. It doesn't look good for a lot of them in certain scenarios, but I don't know if they would kill all the main people right away. I feel like Courtney Cox is de- definitely going to die. I feel she's like she's on the list. Yeah, she's I, high up. I feel like if anything, Hayden Panettiere coming back is to fill that role. Mm-hmm. If yeah, she cho- could be the new Gale. If they choose to bring that forward, or maybe they just do a total clean slate of all legacy characters and everyone dies. I, I don't know who lives. Maybe it's just Jenna Ortega. Repri- she's Wednesday. We're okay as long she's as Wednesday now. She's going to cost a lot of money. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she's, yeah, she's like a huge star. Like when she shot the first scream, she was like 18 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's like now X and Wednesday and all these other things. So who knows? Yeah, maybe she'll die or she'll be like one of the killers. Who knows? Regular exclusive out. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We out here. <laughs>